Oh my god, I killed the mayor! All right, stay calm. I'll just use the body to stage an elaborate farce a la Weekend at Bernie's. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. All right. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was perusing the, 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 the script, the quotes, whatever yeah, you want to call yeah, it, for yeah. quite some time uh-huh. while you were uh, talking about Underworld and... Uh, Resident Evil films and uh, found very little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm surprised you didn't go with. Uh, I hope you take the rat milk out of the schools. <laughs> That's the quote I would have gone with personally. Because I've I've wanted them to take the rat milk out of the schools. See, there's, there's a few there's we've a few rules that, that we do have to that that we have to like abide by when when Alan does his intro. One, I can't interrupt him anymore. Ah, mm. uh, it's unprofessional. Ah, yes. And it doesn't look it doesn't look good. That makes uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. Two. They have to be a little long. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's and my. That's usually my goal is to find the long, the longest one that's funny or yeah. that's that's like relevant to the episode. Yeah. And so if there's an episode where there's just mostly like short quips and that kind of thing, like this one, I find uh, it's harder to find a good one for my, for my purposes. Yeah, that's just my own brain. Like I'm thinking, like maybe the Bymon Sci-Fi Con, but that's not. But like with with your favorites, Mark <laughs> Hamill. Alf and, and many, many, many more. more. <laughs> but I don't know. That's more of a visual gag than anything. It works better visually. When you uh, see their head spins. Yeah. It's, it's very... A it's lot of very, the episodes are very visual. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's an animated medium. <laughs> yeah. It's very Who'd Badiaga and Badiaga 2 <laughs> yeah, and right. Aruglia. Aruglia. Pizzozza. Pizzozza. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. My name is Greg. My name is Alan. And we're here to talk about the bodyguard. And I... Uh, That's good. That was... You, you will open. always... All right. Turn me down. <laughs> Check those levels, Check. Greg. <laughs> Check those levels. Make sure Are you're they redlining not already. Red. <laughs> I'm always the power redlining. Ba- the power balance pipes is too much. <laughs> the amount of times yeah. we're just talking and I'm just having a good time and I see Greg fiddle with the little knobs and I'm like, ah, oh, goddamn it. Incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking it up. I truly don't mean to no, take I, you no, out I of your you moment. You're doing your job. You're doing the right thing a producer should do. It's just I'm always like, ah, oh, shit. Like, you're right. I shouldn't be screaming so much. You know what I did the other day? This has nothing to do with anything. Oh, good. Uh, but it's, you know what? It has everything to do with everything because this is how you've been. Because everything's connected. Yeah. Everything's connected. It'll come back. Trust me. I was like listening to some of our old episodes. Ooh, something I rarely ever do. Um, and I was going back because we got a we, we got a message on on Patreon mm-hmm. uh, recently from one of our new patron subscribers. Thank you very much. That said, um, that said, I like your podcast, and I'm really glad that the audio doesn't always stink. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword is always. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of that's the word that really jumps out to me there. Yeah. Seasons one through four. Well, yeah, seasons one through four almost universally stink. Mm. <laughs> we really nailed it. Yeah, we really <laughs> did in our uh, podcasting re- uh, adventure. Well, we didn't think it would be anything. To, to be fair, we didn't think it would be anything. We, I definitely didn't think we'd still be doing this. And you have little faith. I mean. Maybe not. I set a goal for myself, and it was to get through seasons one through ten. Yeah, I thought we'd and be I done planned by to continue now. it. I thought we'd be done by now. You thought we'd be done in season ten? Yeah, I, thought I guess we that's would've. fair. We did start with doing three episodes at a time. Yeah, 
I thought we would just kept doing that because like who wants to listen to that? Apparently, bunch of people. A lot of people because podcasts are fun when they're conversational and they're better when you can hear them properly <laughs> and there isn't a lot of reverb going on because I that's another thing that I noticed when we were like in oh, the yeah, older episodes sure. that I'm just like, you know, I feel like I should go back and update it and just every single episode just take a reverb filter and just to put it to zero. Or to what zero. we do is we get a transcript of every episode. Oh, Christ. And then we re-record them. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, trying to recapture the exact same magic that we had back then. But one take. Like actors. A table one read. Take. <laughs> one take. <laughs> Nothing about that can go wrong. Yeah, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Everyone will love it. We'll, we'll be awarded the potty. You could pay someone <laughs> You could pay someone in rat milk to transcribe it. <laughs> That's right. There you yeah. go. And everyone loves rat milk. I Everybody do. loves rats, at least. <laughs> Straight up. I'm in a little baby boy podcast. We're like in our first year, and our audio got so much better when a fucking worldwide pandemic hit, and we all had to get our own mics, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is super telling. But yeah, yeah you do live and you, learn, right? Do, do you have um? What, well, let's let's start with uh, introducing our guest yeah. here. Um, before you plug your show, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> hustle, baby. This, <laughs> we have a new guest. We do. We have a new guest. Uh, his name, Nathan. Nathan. Nathaniel. <laughs> Is that right? Nate <laughs> did talk. I get that right? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Um, yeah, I'm Nathan Isles. What's up? Nathan Isles is here. Uh, you may know him as the husband of a, few, of a previous guest. <laughs> <laughs> Try and guess which one. <laughs> Just look at their last names. Um, but uh, we also need to dive into uh, another segment while we're introducing our guest. Yeah. Uh, because this is the Barley Buds. Oh, that's right. Because Nathan yeah. was kind enough to bring us some uh, some tasty cider, si- not cider, not a cider at all, not <laughs> even close. T- some tasty <laughs> ciders is what I was gonna say. I don't know why. I mean, it does kind of look more. It looks less like kind of looks like a kind of looks like a blood transfusion. Yeah, like glass. visually, it doesn't yeah, look yeah. like a beer. Like if you handed this to someone, they wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's a beer." <laughs> like it, in, uh, immediately, visually, you know? it looks like a flaming mo. You're right. It does straight up. So it's almost like it was all planned. But uh-huh. uh, this is uh, you. You got a growler of this. This is from Cabin Brewing yeah. here in, here in so Calgary. Cabin Brewing, my favorite brewery in Calgary. It's called the Cloudburst. It's a tart blueberry and lemon ale with vanilla and lactose, and it's a very charming 5.2 percent alcohol. Nice. Oh, I like that. I like that amount. That's, That's a good, good amount. I think yeah. it's because like. A lot of a lot of uh, craft beer snobs are going for like six seven percent type stuff. That's yeah, a bit much. That's me. And a lot of them are like four percent. That's not, not enough. enough. That's yeah. American. It's straight up. It's yeah. American right there. So I uh, I definitely go for six or seven percent. Uh, that reason is twofold. One, um, I'm the opposite of a lightweight. <laughs> right. So the more percentage You're just being efficient. I, yeah, 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 yeah. The more percentage I can get with each beer, the more likely I can feel the effects yeah. of said beer, which I enjoy. Uh and two is uh money wise, if I ever go to a brewery, and usually this isn't always the case, but oftentimes I'll be like, you know, five dollars for any pint. Or something along those lines. You were doing the triple. Um, you're doing the triply approach. Exactly. You're so efficient. <laughs> you're economic, and you're extra hammered. <laughs> That's right. All yeah, three, yeah. and it works well for me. But that being said, uh, taste taste does trump all of that like i because yeah. and that's why i don't really like or i don't really drink stouts or mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of darker beers that are usually higher percentage but i just don't like the taste of those that much yeah ipas however i love now and those are often in the six or seven range so that helps me well let's uh let's do it let's bottoms up here cheers cheers, cheers. Clink. Oh, clink, clink, clink. clink 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 um yeah it's i i like the smell of it already i mean i'll be honest i've already been drinking it because I, I, I have a problem, uh, but uh, so if you put a beer in front of me, I'm going to drink it. 
Uh, but it's very good. I really like it. It's very smooth. Um, I don't. You, what do you think, Greg? Because your first taste. No, oh, smooth is a really great way to describe it. Yeah. it. It almost like I think it's the lactose thing. It tastes like a cream ale. Yeah. But it also has that. It, it has a kick of a like a, a like a like a village um, like a raspberry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you oh, get, you mean you mean. Um, Wild rose. Wild rose. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and or, or or any like of of those uh, berry or citrus infused beers. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you can you can taste it after the cream, and then I like, guess just it's just it's lovely. It's nice. yeah, I, it's really really like nice. it. It tastes, I really like it. I really like it. It tastes like a jugo juice, but yeah, alcoholic. Actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I just had a clean Which kick is... today for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I was gonna say Jugo juice, but alcoholic sounds like a great business plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Put a four loco in your smoothie. <laughs> oh my god. I hear so many like, did you guys try like the actual four loco with the alcohol? While the, they I, were legal? I, yeah. I never tried that. Like no. I don't know. Cause I just I listened to this, I listened to this podcast and they did an episode about like the history of four loco. And it was hilarious. And like some of the like just hearing stories of that that summer where they were an energy drink that was also like six percent. And had the amount of fructose in it that it's it sounds like just the Wild West, you know, just like so everyone's like, oh yeah, crazy. I drank like two of them and then I blacked out and I woke up and I was like naked on top of a blockbuster. Like I don't even fucking know. Like it's just it's uh, it sounds kind of amazing, but I'm also like glad it it's kind of more mythical now, you yeah. know, yeah. like because yeah. now Four Loko is just really sugary bullshit in a can, right? So sounds like my jam. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely something that I'm glad I don't have to deal with anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think I just want to leave it mythical in my head. I've never tried it. Yeah. I don't think I ever will. And I don't know if you know this, but loco means crazy. Nice. So. <laughs> Spanish? Does yeah. it Hell does yeah. it the way they spell it, though? I don't remember. It's because <laughs> it's L-O-K-O, it? not L-O-C-C-O. Well, that's like the Greek... Uh, so they're being the, the Norse god. The Norse god yeah, Loki, yeah. who is also the trickster he's god. He's trickster. So, and yeah. Tri- tricks, that's why you always crazy. find your keys up your ass when you're on top of a blockbuster. Oh, boy. Uh, well, we like to do a little segment with our new guests, which is called What's Your Story? So we like to know what your story is in relation to The Simpsons specifically. I mean, you can tell us whatever you want, but, uh, you know, like, did you did you watch it growing up? Is this, uh, you know, not something you give a shit about? We have a, a variety of guests who, you know, yeah. have di- very different approaches to the to the world of The Simpsons. So we're interested to hear yours. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, my grandpa Wayne, who, like, basically raised me as a son, was like King Comedy to five-year-old Nathan. He showed me like all the old Mel Brooks movies and the Blues Brothers and everybody. And he had always shown them to me and he turned to me and be like, don't tell your mom. Like constantly. <laughs> that was like the running joke. Yeah. And so he loved Simpsons because, you know, comedic TV show. And it was it was airing a lot. And we, we couldn't afford cable, but it was like even reruns were always available on the basic pa- package we had. Yep. So that was my, I had this like general, like Simpsons was just this constant kind of presence usually while eating, like, dinners off of, like, the trays in our laps, like, in our, like, living room of the duplex I grew up in. And then, as I grew older and, like, moved out, I never had cable as a, mm. as a real adult human person. <laughs> so I never, like, and I never owned any of the box sets or anything, so yeah. I kind of fell out of it. And now, you know, it's owned by the mouse, and <laughs> I happen to have a, you know, someone else's login information, so <laughs> I can watch whenever I want, which is cool. So I'm starting to, like... Re uh, reacquaint myself, with, and now there's so much of it. There's so much fucking Simpsons now. There's, like there's more bad than I mean, good. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're at what thirty? What it's thirty two. Thirty two currently, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, for you and anyone else out there who's listening, because uh, yeah, like once Disney Plus became a thing, and it's a whole lot easier to watch the show now. Um, 
we we actually have people sometimes asking, uh, you know, what what should I watch? Like, I want to get into the show. What should I watch? And really, I think like start at season three. Um, I would watch the very first episode. I think that's a that's a nice like piece of jumping history. Off, yeah, jumping off yeah, point yeah, yeah. to get into the show. But yeah. you don't really need to watch most of season one and two to really get what the show is really about. Yeah. Um, you know, if you start in season three, you can see it become the show it's it's going to be. And then four, five, six, seven, I think are all like perfect seasons of television. And then season eight is one of my favorites, but it's super weird. <laughs> so yeah. like, I still recommend watching that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, th- those are the those are the ones to watch really if in, you want to you know enjoy it. <laughs> in terms of like if I had a favorite episode, mm-hmm. there's like two that come to mind, and I might butcher this, my bad. But That's like I, one of them is I think it's Trios, Trios of Horror Five where they do the Shining, the yeah. Shining. That's hell yeah. That's hilarious, and yep. I love The Shining. So, and then the Rosebud one with the Ramones, because yeah. it's funny, and the Ramones are <laughs> in it. So, yeah, those are like the two that, and the one with Johnny, uh, Johnny Cash. Oh yeah, the, where he's the coyote, yeah, the, the coyote. space coyote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's space a good one. In El- your face, space coyote, <laughs> space coyote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go to hell, you old bastard. You old <laughs> and that was the thing. Yeah, I just want to say this gig sucks. <laughs> hey, I think they liked us. <laughs> and I remember that one being weirdly emotional. Like it's it's got weirdly yeah. like it, which you know a lot well, of they, uh, they give like that's like the episode where they give Mister Burns a heart. You yeah. know, which is you know generally speaking. Not the thing you do in a in a show is give the villain like a a, a heartfelt backstory. It feels like uh, like that that particular episode is like okay, our goal here is to make him sympathetic. Yeah, and you go from there. Yep. And one of the great things is like you love movies, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I like movies. I I miss them so. You know how furiously I'm manifesting energy to try and see Dune in a fucking movie theater <laughs> oh, man. right now. That's if I, I I miss going to movies so much, and that's like yeah. You ask like, how are you, how are you doing? That's how I'm doing. I'm I just I'm just furiously <laughs> just hoping to see on the brain because yeah. it's like, God, I want to see that worm on the IMAX. <laughs> Straight up, the spice must flow. Like, but yeah, I, I like movies. I mean, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. <laughs> yeah, Dune. It. For he is the Quizat Tatarak. Okay, I, am, I, am I joining? <laughs> Dune. I heard Christian Bale gained ten thousand pounds to play the sandworm <laughs> in Dune. That's not even an original <laughs> joke. That's a meme I saw. You know, my brain's melting. It's, I got pandemic brain. I can't, yeah. Uh, it's all, you know, the internet, just like everyone creates little jokes and then some of them get seen by everybody yeah, and some don't. And then, yeah, it's all absorbed. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's this weird melange of Like humor. the spice melange. Like the spice melange See, you were from Dune. The whole time. Yep, yeah. I definitely yeah. did that on purpose. I know Dune. <laughs> but so, like, yeah, Rosebud's a cool example because they're using, like, the, the kind of structure of Citizen Kane yeah. but applying it to, to Burns, right? And that's 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 cool. And like I like Citizen Kane, so <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah. Get down with it. Um man, I I was trying to think of what is my dune. <laughs> and it's probably Spider Man No Way Home. Hell yeah. Like that's the one that I really want to see in theaters. Oh yes, okay. Um that's supposed to come out in December. Yeah. So like, you know, Fingers crossed and bolt whatever. Who gives a shit? But like theoretically, probably likely to happen. Yeah. Well, and I'm just like so long as the world doesn't implode again, or you know, because yeah. like Doom was supposed to come out last fall. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, it's like movie edging. You know, I've well, been waiting for so fucking long. <laughs> I'm like, and it's also one of the Warner Brothers ones, right? Yeah. So they're they're doing the whole like HBO Max and theaters thing. Yeah. But so they're doing it different with Dune. Yeah. They're releasing in theaters for two weeks. Oh, before HBO yeah. Max. Which thank right, God to well, try and get people to. Yeah, there, because yeah. they're splitting the book in two, and the sequel isn't greenlit yet, and it has to make money. But the Neville and Uvmils don't usually make money. Yeah. Like Blade Runner kind of flopped. 
I get depressed thinking about it. I just need to see Dune. Oh, I mean, That's he did it. make Blade Runner into a, th- a nearly three-hour art film. Hell yeah. And it ruled. And it's, <laughs> It ruled. I know. It's, it, it was in my top five of, of, 20, of yeah. the 2010s. Me too. Yeah. Uh, just because it's... I mean, you said it. It rules. Yeah. Uh, but he made a three-hour art film, and it got released wide, and a lot of people didn't respond to that. People were like, what? Why would Jeez, I go to that? I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the Blade Runner curse. Is like it demands such a high budget. That's yeah. part of what makes Blade Runner Blade Runner. Yeah. Like the the everything, like the everything with the with the production elements, right? But it's not a. It's it's like Dune will have way more action in it. Just having read the book, than Blade Runner will. And yeah. So I'm hopeful that I hate to use the term casuals. That's so pretentious. <laughs> but just I hope that more people who maybe aren't familiar with Dune or that well, fucking wild David yeah. Lynch movie. I mean, I do think I do think the like the the way the production has been uh, advertised, like the marketing for whatever uh, you want to call it for Dune, has been better. As as a as a casual, as a layman who doesn't know anything about Dune, I haven't seen any of the movies, read any of the books, any of the TV show. There was a TV show, wasn't there? There was miniseries. Miniseries, Miniseries, right? It's not very good. Yeah, like I haven't I haven't consumed any of that, and I am excited to see Dune. Cool. a big reason for me is because Denis Villeneuve is one of my favorite directors. There but I've also seen a lot of the production, like and the costumes and stuff. Sacked. The cast is awesome. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking go see that. Mm-hmm. It, honestly, it feels similar to Mad Max for me. Because mm-hmm. like Mad Max Fury Road, I remember when that was coming out, I had no interest in the Mad Max franchise. I hadn't seen any of the movies. I didn't mm-hmm. give a shit. Um, and then I saw the trailer and I was just like, that looks like fun. I'll go see it. And it's one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Do you remember driving home from the theater after watching Fury Road and just like speeding the whole way? I did not. Because I was, I was on Cersei Trail. It's a highway here in Calgary. And I was, I had just gotten this shitty Jeep. But after seeing Mad Max, my brain was like, this isn't a shitty Jeep. This is a Road Warriors survival yeah. vehicle. Shining you know? chrome. And yeah. I'm, yeah. And I, I will ride Eternal home to go to bed early to, to go to work tomorrow, which is Valhalla. <laughs> yeah. So... That's my favorite yeah. Mad Max memory is the drive home. And in, my wife and I, we did a double feature. We watched Inside Out and oh, Fury nice. Road. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> Interesting double feature, yeah. yeah. Fury Road after Inside Out, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with movie theaters in general. I mean, we talk about this all the time, and we don't need to lament it any further. But uh, hopefully they continue to operate. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah, no kidding. Because I like them a lot. Uh, now, uh, Nathan, uh, off the top, you were mentioning that you have a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's Baby Baby Boy Podcast. That's what's called. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's called Sci-Fi Punks. S C I F I P U N K S. If you search on Spotify or whatever, uh, we talk about like pop culture in a semi deep way, and we make dick jokes. It's a hard balance, I know. And uh, and then we listen to local Calgary music, which is. Cool. Oh, cool. It's kind of like the interludes between each section. So, yeah, nice. That's awesome. More podcasts should do that with music. Yeah, it's just there's so Let's much talk I, about it. <laughs> no, just just oh. listen to it. Like, <laughs> right, right. I think there was a there's a there's a big thing where it's like yeah, podcasts have to be you got to be chatting the whole time. It's it's not. You can you can do like a variety show on podcasts. You can have interstitials and all that sort of thing if you'd like. It makes a lot of sense. I think, of course, because the podcast market is so flooded that that genre is out there and i'm glad that you're part of that genre that's really good thanks i mean you know contrary to popular belief there is a really cool like music scene in calgary so yeah it's just dead right now it's (laughs) very dead it's super super dead right now but you know it'll come back so 
Yeah, and it's, uh, we just did like a big two-parter on The Mandalorian. That's like the most recent mm. episode if you search it right now. All so. right, that's fun. And now our audio quality is better, so. There you go. <laughs> nice. So on your... You learned quicker than us. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On your show, do you have guests? Uh, we haven't yet. No? But I'm open to the idea. Yeah. It's me and two other guys. It's like a... It's yeah, it's just like a round table type thing. We've been doing it over Zoom. And they've all it's got three, their and they've all got their blue microphone or like their Yeti at at home that they talk into, right? They have their like, Yeah. Like what we're doing here, but totally with a USB mic. Yep. Good. Good. Just wanted to make sure. Uh can we have their names? Maybe we can have them as guests. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because <laughs> they have their own equipment there. Um, thing is, I, I'm saying this because like I'm I'm going crazy as a producer <laughs> because we had Ryan Shuskowski on yeah. last week and it was great. It, it he, sounded very good. He sounded great because he's he was, got professional recording yeah, equipment. He yeah. was in his recording basement talking into his condenser microphone. Uh, amazing. And yeah. it makes such a difference. He doesn't even have to record on his own. Yeah. Like the stuff that I get into the Zoom. Uh, device here is good enough yeah. yep. to make it seem like he's almost in the same room, and almost is good enough in these days. Almost yep. than- um, and I would just like uh, the the problem with talking to so many guests that we try to do is that most of them just don't have their their their, their poop in a group, uh, any, equi- yeah, any yeah. equipment at home, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know worked fine when we were able to do in person recordings yeah. all the time. But now that it's mostly Zoom recordings, uh, that shows a lot more. It does, yeah. yeah. The seams, the seams are are, are starting bursting. are starting to pop. <laughs> the wheels are coming off at the mm, finish line. That's right. Here. The hack fraud <laughs> pants coming through. That's right. Yeah. Um. Well, that's that's uh, how we've been, and that's also uh, your story. And, and your plug, and too. Your and plug. my plug. Yeah. I'm also growing my hair long right now. Nice. And I'm having like a quarter-life crisis. It's great. <laughs> it's super great. That's like where I'm at right You're now. intentionally growing your hair long? Yeah, I'm like, because my, my goal is I'm, I'm hoping I can do some kind of Halloween part. Actually, Alan gave me this idea because we watched Escape from L.A. recently. Not a good movie, but <laughs> Snake Plissken rules. Yeah. Kurt Russell's a hottie. So I really, basketball w- in it. really, Alan was like, because my, my hair is longer than it usually is right now. I usually buzz the sides and back of my head. And he was like, you just grow it out and go Snake Plissken for Halloween. And I was like, <gasps> yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes, I must. I really hope that uh, you and our uh, sometimes co-host Ryan Reese get together uh, and on, on Halloween. And he goes as Kurt Russell from The Thing. Yeah. And yes. Which goes, he's done before. I've yeah, seen which he's that done costume. Yeah. I've seen his McCready. Yeah, his yeah. McCready is great. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure your Snake Plissken would be great. It, it would be really... Be a fun... A fun uh, yeah. It's uh, really funny. I uh, Multiverse thing. Yeah. Like two... <laughs> multi- hell yeah. In, the, into the Kurt the, Russell multiverse. Into the, into the Carpenterverse. <laughs> yeah. Um... Like two years ago, I went to a horror movie trivia hosted by Alan. It was co-hosted by Ryan, and Ryan was just in winter gear. And I was like, "Where are you dressed as?" And he's like, "Don't worry, you'll know." And he gets on stage, throws that hat on, that yeah. big giant fucking hat that <laughs> McCready wears, and I was like, "Yes, yes, yes!" And that and that time, I don't think he had the flamethrower, but there was a time a few years earlier where he yeah. had like a flamethrower. I would expect really nothing sick. less yeah. from Mister Reese. Made yeah. it out of pop bottles. It was great, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I have a I have an Evil Dead chainsaw made out of a uh, like a juice box, nice, and a piece of plywood. I think you've seen it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I did Ash a yep. couple years ago. Oh but man. My grandpa and I, King Comedy, the one who got me in the Simpsons. Yeah. See it all times together. It it's all comes rise. together because we're here to talk about the Simpsons. We sure yeah, are. Yeah. Specifically, the episode Mayored to the Mob. Which Alan is the will ninth. fill you in with the details. <laughs> Which is the ninth episode of season ten, uh, written by Ron. 
Hauge. Hauge? You know, how's it spell? You gotta spell that for me. Yeah, H A U G E. The first time I I read it, I said it that way, and we've never not been able to say it that way since. Even though, like, it's probably just like hog or something like that, like (laughs) something simple. But we, (laughs) and if we looked into it, (laughs) we love saying hog. What we love to do is leaning into bits. Yeah, (laughs) nice. Even if they're unintentional. Steer to the skid. That's right. It was directed by Swinton O. Scott the third, and original air date was December twentieth, nineteen ninety eight. So this might be the last one of ninety eight. Swinton O. Scott the third. Any relation to? David O. Russell? It, no. <laughs> they spell and pronounce their last names differently. All right. Just because they have O as a middle name doesn't mean they're related. Ah, but you got there. You could <laughs> yes, see I how did. they would be. I did see the connection. A good double question at a crossword puzzle, huh? <laughs> they both meet in the Listen, middle. Listen, just because, just because you're designing your own crosswords now, because <laughs> you have nothing else to do, doesn't mean everyone understands. Get tattooed on my back. <laughs> You ever tried to design a crossword? No. It's harder than it looks. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I did it once. Yeah? It was a bad time. Wow. Why'd you do that? What was uh, going on? Were you okay? No, was it was, it was actually, it was for uh, a work thing. You were in it. It was the- Oh, of course. Uh, the, the of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that you did, did do that. that. bar? That, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. That's yeah. cool. I, I, I had this grand idea to create a crossword that then like the long parts would be- uh, the like clues that you needed to find, yeah. and uh, just as I was putting it together, I realized how difficult it is to create a crossword. And I'm like, people do this every day. Yeah, like yep. there's some crossword p- designers who like literally every day sit down and create one. And I'm like, good for them. And then that, and then that set off the thing of like, oh, that's why they use so many of the same clues all the time. <laughs> it all makes sense, yep. you know, because yeah. uh, if you find a word that has many vowels in it, you're like, lock that in for my crossword. Because really? the more vowels, the better. Okay. Because then you can you can plug it into a lot more options. Right. And then the crossways are more likely to fit to fit if you have a Z in there. You're, every you're word crosses needs a vowel. <laughs> this is a crossword podcast now. You got off the. You're, you're almost in season ten. Crosswords. <laughs> yeah. That's the new, that's the new frontier. You just ask if if every word needs a vowel. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Is that what we should call our podcast now? Just, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> That's just what we ask everybody. You can have guests and just yeah. start the conversation yeah. with that. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> that might be what we do after this is all wrapped up. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Um, I mean, it is, you know, pandemic uh, stuff. Uh, I'm sure everyone's sick of talking about it, but it is it is funny how that, that simple commonality of... Uh, you know, being kind to a fellow person of saying, how, how is it going? Has become so loaded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like normally, it's, and it's just a reaction. Everyone does. It. I do it too. You know, it's like, oh, hello. Haven't seen you in a while. How's it going? And as soon as I say it, I'm like, nah, it's okay. You don't actually need to well, answer that. When as someone receiving that, you're like, how real do I want to get right now? Yeah. Right? It's like, almost How am I like, doing? Do you actually want to know? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or if you're just or like, you, you, know, yeah, you know, getting by. Or living the dream. That's, my, I, yeah. that's literally what I said to yeah. Greg as he pulled up today. <laughs> Greg, how are you doing? You know, living, living the, dream. the dream. Yep. This yeah, that's a go-to for me. My uh, dream was getting by is a go-to for my me. My dream was finishing up my 20s in a fucking pandemic. That was my dream. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost like it's becoming like how the British do it. It's like, hey, y'all right. Right. They don't want to know. No. It's just no. like, it's, it's just considered the polite thing to say. Yeah. Yes. In this hypothetical world where I care, <laughs> this is what I would be saying. But it's Britain, yeah. and we haven't have cared for centuries. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> I actually noticed, like, especially once I started watching more films that were uh, from uh, the UK, uh, specifically like Shaun of the Dead, I think was one of the first ones. Yeah. And I noticed that in in those movies that so many characters go, "Oh, you all right?" And I remember watching it and being like, "They didn't answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why didn't yeah. they? Why didn't they reply to that? Because they don't expect you to answer." Yeah. Whereas, like. In like, I remember going back in like university, being like on my way to class, and you would see a whole bunch of people that you knew on your way, and you'd just be like, "Hey, how's it going? How's it going? What's up? How's it going?" And it was almost like a reaction thing. And now, as you've been saying, it's so loaded. I can just be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then you you can just see their eyes fall. (laughs) Yep, a little bit. Because for for like a millisecond they weren't thinking they, about yeah. how their life was going. Yeah. yeah, they weren't thinking about it for a second. And then you're like, "How's it going?" They're like, "Oh right, the yeah, crippling yeah. weight of all of this." <laughs> and that's the goal right now is to not think about how it's going. Exactly. That's at yeah. least that's, that's why my, we like, goal. Yeah, that's and why, that's we, watch why we watch Simpsons yeah. and, and talk about it. As you can tell, that's all we're doing today. Yeah, is talking about the Simpsons. That's all we've been doing for yeah. the past thirty minutes. That's right. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> Uh, well, we are talking Mayor to the Mob. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, I, I, classic, I put in quotes, uh, for me, mm, yeah. in that it is actually one of the rare ones from season 10 that I watch, I or at least used to watch pretty regularly. Yep. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, and I think the Mark Hamill thing is a big part of that, because I, yep. I mean, as all of us I know, uh, I don't need to ask, are all big Star Wars fans. Um, uh, you mean you mean famous star of the Flash TV show from the 90s, Mark Hamill. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> As he the played tr- trickster. as the trickster, the trickster, yeah, and yeah. also famous guest star of the Flash from the 2010s. That's right, Playing as the trickster. trickster. Yeah, and he also Good. voiced him in Good some work. cartoons. Yeah, it all ties together. Yeah, that's everything's my, cyclical. That's my Mark Hamill intro. I don't have like a Star Is Wars really? tattoo or anything. Or, <laughs> no, I was a big fan of Lady Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought no one else in on the planet knew that movie. Oh, Lady oh, Hawk! Shit. I love that movie, dude. What's his name? Rucker Math- Hauer? Love Ma- him. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little baby Matthew Broderick. And uh, is it Michelle? No, who, who's the who's the hawk? Do you oh, remember? God, I don't know. Is it Michelle Pfeiffer? I, I might be. I honestly can't remember. Um, I'll look it up. I just think it's funny that I used that movie several times in like in the movie game because I knew that Matthew Broderick and Mark Hamill were in it. Yeah. Boom. And Michelle Pfeiffer. I was right. Hey, who's I Mark, win. Who does Mark done Hamill it? play yeah. in Lady Hawk? I don't know. Oh, well. He was in it, right? I'm not crazy. I don't want to say so because I didn't remember him being in it. No, but let me let me take. I a thought look. he was just, in it. Just it might be another movie. I you might be thinking, thinking of a different yeah. movie. I might be thinking I don't of like see him in it. no, maybe War Games. Mm. Yeah, maybe Laserhawk. Maybe it's another <laughs> hawk movie. Laserhawk. Yeah. Is that real? Is Laserhawk yeah. real? Yeah, I might be thinking of another movie. Oh, I don't want this to be a Coleco situation. <laughs> we got to find out right now what I'm thinking about. Uh, <laughs> to serve Mark Hamill, me... Hawk. <laughs> Google that. Well, I'm yeah. just gonna look at his filmography. Sure, sure, like, sure, uh, sure. I feel like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it came out after Empire, but before uh, Jedi. Let's I don't know. See. So I'll I'll tell you because maybe you'll know. Uh, mm-hmm. So after Empire, there was the big red one. Okay. The night lights. The night the lights went out in Georgia. <laughs> and then Britannia Hospital. I and then Return of the Jedi. Oh, no, that's none of those. <laughs> none of those. None of those. Uh, yeah. Let's see. The only other one before between the first two Star Wars films is Corvette Summer. No. And the holiday special. Well, must well, must be mean, after Return, from then. The, must from be after history. Return. Something, uh, something he's like, after he's Return. Like, have, you, like, have you seen the holiday special, right? Uh, I've seen enough of it. He's like freshly post-car crash. Yeah. And just so yeah? fucking layered in makeup. Like, yeah. Go look at... Don't watch it. Go look at screenshots <laughs> of Mark Hamill in the holiday special. Yeah, and then also look at Carrie Fisher, super coked out. Right. Yes, I I knew that. I, yeah, I yeah. I've seen the song. 
Yeah. When she sings the song, the Life Day song or whatever yep. the fuck. Christmas 2019, I had a little Christmas party and I kept putting on the holiday special in the background. And people, I'd leave the room and someone would turn it off and I'd come back and turn it right back on. <laughs> How fucking dare How you? How fucking dare <laughs> like, This is my party. We're sitting through that. Everyone suffers. Boba Fett's Everyone's coming. watching. Boba Fett's first appearance, Boba Fett. Yep. There's a Jefferson Starship song. Mm-hmm. Get with it. Uh, Harrison Ford is in it. Yeah. He, 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 well. So is Lumpy. <laughs> and Lumpy. And Lumpy. And, and uh, Itchy. Yeah. Don't forget Itchy. Literally. Do you have the answer <laughs> to it's my... It's Laserhawk. It is, it, it is Laserhawk. There's a movie called Laserhawk. It you. came out in 97. Okay. So like long after Star Wars. It's just, Laserhawk just so you know. that I was thinking okay. of. You can see where yeah, I would I get it. Of course, yeah. I've just never heard of this movie before. And it's apparently... Canadian science fiction film. That's why. Uh, two teenagers must team up with a comic book writer and a mental patient to save mankind from destruction at the hands of aliens. Yeah, I watched this the same day as Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic. I watched Johnny Mnemonic two days ago. <laughs> first time. And? <laughs> it was a movie. I watched it. It sure certainly was. A movie. Yeah. We're doing a movie. We're doing like a cyberpunk episode on our podcast. Sure. So I was like, I have a week to shotgun all these cyber... Like, and I've already seen The Matrix and Blade Runner and shit. So like, I'm going to check out some of the, some of the deep cuts. And uh, yeah, Johnny Mnemonic was one, and then the second was Acura, which I had a really brutal viewing experience because I tried downloading it. And Wait, is that how you pronounce it? Acura. Yeah. Oh, I always thought Not it was Akira. Akira. Yeah. I, I'm Acura. I'm a fucking pleb. They so. scream it nonstop. I've in never the film, seen it. So I, I've just seen the cover, and so as a kid, I was like, oh, Akira. It's Tetsuo! Kaneda! Really <laughs> <laughs> watch it. It's really good. Don't watch it the way right I did, it. though, because I ripped it, and it crashed. My rip, like my, my copy crashed out 20 minutes before the end. Could not find a legal copy of it anywhere. It's on not on any streaming services. Oh, shit. Couldn't rent it anywhere. And then finally found a stream, but it was of the first English dub, which was significantly worse. So I had to watch the finale of the film. And the finale of the film is where it gets real fucking wild. Boy, and oh body boy. horror-ish. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. and so that was... And then that kept like... I mentioned movie edging earlier because this copy kept like every two minutes it would stop to buffer and then keep going. But we, we were so like... Had to know how it ended and I didn't want to read it on fucking Wikipedia. So <laughs> That was the one. That was like... there. That was the one anime movie that that I had that I watched essentially that wasn't Miyazaki when I was when I was a kid mm-hmm. because a friend of mine got the steel book nice that fucking steel book with um him walking towards him the walking towards the motorbike yeah, yeah. and you could feel it you know you could feel <laughs> the, you could feel the bumps on it and yeah, it was yeah. like it was oh it was so sexy mm-hmm. oh, I could smell man. it it probably had that new plastic smell <laughs> it really did yeah, and yeah. like the, the like that Cheap metal, yeah. You know, it's yeah. definitely not really when steel. You crack it open, yeah. That's the shit. I love that. Um, I mean, we're already kind of in it. Uh, I think we should talk Mark Hamill. I would love um, to keep talking Mark. Bef- Hamill. Yeah, before yeah. we dive into the episode itself, because yeah. I mean, obviously, he's a big part of the episode, and uh, his career is very interesting. It's so crazy. <laughs> um, because yeah, just even looking at this this uh, you know list of films, uh, I don't know any of them. No, except yeah. for the Star Wars ones, and it's weird that you know he did really fall off in that sense. I mean, he had his accident. We, we, you mentioned it. And, yeah. you know, there was some problems that he was having and, and that kind of thing. And so... I do have a theory about yes. Ker- Hamill's career and how it could have been different. So, post-Star Wars, he played uh, Mozart on Broadway in Amadeus. Really? To, like, rave reviews. Like, r- p- people loved his performance. So, Tom Hulse, Hulsey, Hulse, 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 yeah, Hulse. Yeah, yeah. Quasimodo. Yeah. yeah. He, he does it. In in the film, in the film, obviously but that's he's, Mark Hamill yeah. in the in the and, play. But he's F- very good in that movie. But you can absolutely see where they get that they laugh. See. But it's Mark Hamill, yeah, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's Mark Hamill. Yeah, it'd oh, be great. It's, it's um, great. But yeah, because they cast a lot of the Broadway 
performers, including F. Marine Abraham as right. Salieri. Nice. But the director nixed Hamill because he was yeah. like, he's Luke Skywalker. No one's going to be able to see him. And right. I'm like, if he had been in Amadeus, I think he, I think he would have had like a second like right, yeah, career, like more of like a critical, a you know? critical career versus but, just the the fan. But it didn't happen. He was just because he's Luke. I mean, it, and it, it, it's hard to not. I mean, he did a really good job, I think, by playing the Joker for. 200 years you know <laughs> yeah. i think that really ha- and then ruining his vocal well i think that, yeah result. in general i think it's it's really smart of him in a way to to pivot into the voice acting realm because a he's fantastic obviously and so i think good. he knew that um but also yeah it r- removed that that exact thing that you're saying where like yes i'm sure a lot of people especially post uh return uh <laughs> yeah, return of the jedi um <laughs> i almost forgot the title um revenge, that, revenge of the jedi, <laughs> revenge of the jedi of course yeah, yeah. um post that like I, I do think any attempt at being in a in a major motion picture, uh, you would have that exact reaction by a lot of people. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. not not warranted, but that's what would have happened. People would be like, nah, I don't know, he's just Luke to me. But I think if he had like crushed it as Mozart in this like, you know, won all the Oscars like critically acclaimed movie that I watched recently, I think it holds up and like mm-hmm. maybe not the three hour version. No, but, like, Amadeus is great. Any, it's Amadeus is great. Any any version of that movie is great. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. It's gorgeous. It's so Love well it. performed. Love what it. About the version I did in my bedroom. <laughs> you know what? You didn't invite me. I just saw the rip <laughs> of it, right, right, and yeah. it was in bad quality. <laughs> so yeah, right. you need to see it on a big screen. Yeah. But yeah, I just as much as uh, Tom also was fantastic. He was obvi- he was obviously yeah. one of the few movies where two actors were nominated for best actor of the mm-hmm. same film but i think if mark hamill had played i think that would have like totally changed the trajectory of his career for I better agree. and for worse because yeah. maybe him as joker yeah maybe he wouldn't have done as much voice and acting he is and, he yeah. it, when i read batman comics like i hear kevin connery's batman and i hear mark hamill's joker like no matter it's what. so hard not to yeah. that the batman animated series was the like the batman for so many of our generation yeah. well, and then for not even like not even our generation they doubled down on it right, for a new Arkham generation games. with the games yeah. which gave us Personally, in my in my personal opinion, their best performances, their best oh, yeah. vocal oh, yeah. performances. Yeah. Mark Hamill, especially in, in two, is that the one where Joker's dying? Yeah, yeah. City. yeah. incredible, like incredible, incredible stuff. Because he's like, I don't know. It also leads into the fact that he's older than when he started like yeah. doing yeah. the role, right? And Conroy is best in Arkham Knight. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, so good. Like, yeah. Um, so, are you saying that? He originated the role on Broadway, or was that a the the uh, the role yeah, of Mozart? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Like he, he, I don't know if he originated it, but he played him on Broadway post Star Wars in the when way- the production was happening. Yeah, because the production like was basically optioned off of the strength because the Broadway show was everyone it was rave reviews. Yeah, right. And the movie was optioned based on the Broadway show. Right. So he's. I either- would love to see the Broadway version of Amadeus. Yeah, yeah that'd be, cool. be cool. So he's either. He's either an originator or a very successful revival. Yeah, it was like it was a big career move for him post Star Wars because yeah. and Mozart it's a huge role. Yeah. And, you know, and it's very not Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah. So and I, yeah, I think if he, I think he would have crushed it because I, I wish I could go back in time and go see him in the role. There's pictures of it. He looks great. Yeah, I, I just again the laugh because that was a whole thing with with Tom Hulse was his obnoxious. Shitty, yeah, shitty. <laughs> I think um, I think he gets so like he gets so really um, praised and rightly so for for being the Joker, and it's because he played him for like two hundred years yeah. that he's able to take you through this incredible saga of this particular Joker yep. because he's his voice is so different in the animated series. It blew my mind as a kid. That yeah, that was Luke oh, me Skywalker. Too. Like I was like, yep, what? 
Like, what? I don't think I found out until, uh, and we can talk about this a little bit, uh, I saw him in the first, so the first memory of me seeing Mark Hamill in a movie post-Star Wars was 2001's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. The Cockknocker. As the (laughs) Cockknocker. And I remember even that, because, and, you know, good, Kevin Smith, whatever, but, like, in a way, good on him for having the really dumb choice to have his name show up on the screen, because me as a kid... Didn't know him. Didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it says Mark Hamill. And I'm like, oh shit, it's fucking Luke. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very excited to see him. And then, you know, it's. it's Don't fuck it's with a Jedi Master. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a whatever movie. But yeah, yeah. I just remember being very excited because, like, I think in my mind at that point, I was like, I, I don't think he's acting anymore. Like that was my my little kid brain, right? Because yeah. I'm like, he's in all these Star Wars movies. Never saw him again personally. So like, he must must just not be acting anymore. Because yeah. like Harrison Ford was everywhere. Yeah, you know, uh, especially in the '90s. Harrison Ford was getting Oscar nominations. He was. Yeah, The like, Fugitive was one of the biggest movies of the '90s. Blade Runner. Blade. Indiana Jones. Runner. He was Indiana Jones in the '80s. Like he, you couldn't. This guy was unbeatable. Yeah. yeah. Like I can still I haven't seen a lot of Harrison Ford movies in the nineties, but I can still name a bunch of them. Like Six Days, Seven Nights. Yeah. Uh The Mosquito Coast. Random you know, Hearts. Random Hearts. <laughs> uh Witness. Witness. Um, Witness. Witness is a uh, is one of his like like oh his eighty five to like to two thousand run where he's just like you go in, he doesn't like the Mosquito Coast isn't a very profitable movie right. or well received, but it's also like but he did witness like the year before that. Right. And he's got Last Crusade coming. Yeah. And then it's like presumed innocent. And clear even and present danger. Clear like and present danger. He's Ryan got stuff. another franchise. Yeah. 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 yeah he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, Mark Hamill must not be acting. And then he I, goes all the way up to what lies beneath. Yeah. Which rules. <laughs> Which rules. <laughs> I love I love describing Mark Hamill's career trick as interesting. Because I think I think Mark Hamill's a f- terrific actor. Me too. Like, yeah. Up to this day, like regardless of anyone's thoughts on it. We're not getting into it, but I think he gives a great <laughs> performance in The Last Jedi, which oh. is fairly recent. And there's even like there's a there's a more modern like mobster movie he was in called Sushi Girl. It's mm. kind of like a low rent wannabe Tarantino thing. But he plays yeah, 2012. He plays it. a phenomenal like like maniacal uh, mob hitman type character cool. in that. It's and he's got like long hair and he's still kind of overweight. It's so good. He's exceptionally good now, especially yeah. at those character roles. Yeah. But I think he, but I think because he had like the mantle of like Star Wars hinges on him and you're following his journey, it did make it hard to like, it's to this day, it's hard for me to not think of Luke Skywalker when I, when I see or hear him, right? Which, and then that leads to the perception that like, you know, he's, he's doing dinner theater for, you know, with (laughs) pepper steak, which, which is something I loved about this episode was Mark Hamill is totally uh, leading into that and, and having fun with that. Like, even though he was a, at that point, a very successful voice actor, which yeah. if I had to choose, and I would never want to be celebrity, well, I'd love to be celebrity rich, but not celebrity famous. But if <laughs> I had to choose my celebrity, I'd love to be a really voice prolific actor. voice actor because yeah, you, you got your money, you get to be an artist, but you can still go to like 7 Eleven and yeah. not worry that, about that it. That legit right? was my dream in, in school. Like, when I was going to university studying to be an actor, I was like, but the end goal for me is to be a voice actor one day. Like, that, I was so in the pocket of like, learning about voice actors and loving that idea of being able to play so many different characters with just your voice. I was so into that. I came to Calgary. There's a voice acting studio here. I auditioned for them like three or four times. I never got any roles in these like weird ass uh, English dubs of uh, Japanese cartoons. Uh, and I kind of let the dream die. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be like a really cool uh, career in, in that sense. Uh, did you, either of you guys see comic book the movie? No. 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 So I think it's a really int- like it's been a while since I've seen it so I don't want to praise it too much but I remember really loving it when I saw it and Mark Hamill's the main character he plays this like uh um 
Oh, he directed it too, right? Uh, he play he plays this guy who's like wait, uh, Mark Hamill directed it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he plays this guy who's like a, a comic book. Uh, he goes to like a comic book uh, convention or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, and he <coughs> excuse me, he's uh basically the the studio's gonna announce who's gonna be uh like they're they're doing a big movie based on his favorite superhero who's Commander Courage. Uh, fictional, of course, and uh, so he's going to the convention because they're going to announce who's like going to be playing, you know, Commander Courage and all this stuff, and and it's a it's a very nerdy, very like it's it's all filmed at the Comic X or the um, uh, Comic Con right yeah. in uh, yeah. San Diego, yeah. and I I remember the big reason I loved it though is because it's just stacked with voice actors, and right. so it's like you're seeing so many voice actors as themselves, um, and who. Uh, sometimes they're playing characters, but whatever. But they're basically like, and so that was like a big thing for me, where I was like, oh, this is so cool, like getting to see like uh, uh, Rob Paulson, who plays like Pinky and a bunch of and Yakko and uh, a bunch of bunch of people, uh, Raphael from the original TMNT, and just seeing him as a person, and then like doing voices live, because that's like you could kind of find that kind of thing in like some DVD special features and that that kind of thing, but like this is before YouTube, so like. I didn't really know what voice actors looked like. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really picture them doing all these voices. And so getting to actually see it in this movie was really cool for me. Um, but yeah, I, I do recommend it. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know how well it holds up. But I remember being like really interesting. And I think for me, that was the first time I was like, oh, like Mark Hamill doesn't feel like Luke Skywalker to me. And I don't know if that's because he has a beard in it. <laughs> I think that helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but he, he did, to me, seem like a very different character. Uh, I was never like, you know, in that mindset of like, I can't see him not as Luke. Um, yeah, I recommend it. It's from 2004. Uh, but it's, again, it's mostly, I think I remember liking the bonus features the most on that DVD because it had a whole bunch of voice actor bullshit. I'd watch um, it. Yeah. Sounds cool. Uh, and then, so just to kind of wrap, because he doesn't have a huge, I'm talking about his movies, of course, uh, specifically, but he doesn't have a huge amount of movies. Uh, he was in Kingsman, the secret service. Oh yeah. That's a fun, <laughs> that's a funny situation. Cause in the comic, it, it's been a while since I've seen Kingsman, but yeah. I guess like, uh, there's a, like, like a, they're trying to guard a celebrity, right? Yeah. yeah. And in the comic, it's Mark Hamill. Like they're, they're guarding a the celebrity Mark Hamill. So then they cast Mark Hamill as like the professor. Yep. Which is like not the character they're guarding, but it's like an adjacent character as like That's a funny. nod to that. So. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and then you know, 2015's Force Awakens. He has a, has a role in that. Speechless. Yeah. Kind great, of. great role. Uh, and then he does uh, Jedi and and Skywalker. But uh, specifically, I want to talk about Briggsby Bear. Did either of you see Br- see Briggsby Bear? Is that Kyle Mooney's yeah. movie? I haven't seen it it's yet. Very good. Yeah. I actually really liked it. And Mark Hamill does a very good performance in that. Uh, Kyle Mooney also very good. What year? Uh, this was 2017. So the same year as Last Jedi. Cool. Um, and it was very under the radar. It was. Uh, uh, Were there was petitions it? to strike Briggsby Bear from the <laughs> canon? <laughs> there might have been. Um, Were there Twitter crusades? But it was it was produced by the Lonely Island guys as well as Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Oh, okay. so awesome! Uh, right so it at least gives you an idea of what kind of movie they're going for. I think it's a really heartfelt, uh, lovely movie. The premise, if you're not aware, is um, this uh, this kid Kyle Mooney has been raised in this kind of like, uh, for lack of a better term, like geodesic dome. Like a like a bubble boy kind of situation, yeah, okay. and uh, and his favorite uh, show is a show called Brigsby Bear, which is all he consumes. He just watches Brigsby Bear all the time, and it's this like kind of like Barney esque, uh, you know, ch- children's character. Um, and then I don't want to say too much more than that because I'm not sure what is a spoiler and what isn't. But basically, like, there's more to it than that. And right. um, but I think it's a really lovely movie uh, that was really underrated in that year. Who plays Brigsby Bear? 
Well, Br- <laughs> Brigsby Bear is, uh, I think, I think voiced by Mark Hamill, okay. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. Because I and don't he think he never like takes his head off. Right. Like, Hello, but <laughs> but if I remember correctly, it's it's Mark Hamill. He also played Chucky in the in the surprisingly decent right, that's Child's right. Play reboot. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except Child, like it's a it's a robot now. The doll is. Oh really? Instead of possessed <laughs> by it's weird. But yeah, Mark Hamill's really good as yeah. the, as the killer doll. I mean, I, I remember hearing that casting. I'm like, yeah, perfect casting. Yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah. a lot of sense. It's uh, it's probably gonna actually put some people in the seats yeah. this time around. It so. was solid. I I, I try to get you like Brad Dourif. No, I'm. I mean, Brad Dourif <laughs> as Chucky, fucking legend, yeah, and I obviously love him. <laughs> he's just not a name. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he's a name to like weirdos. Yeah, yeah like us, losers. Like, I know, in other yeah. words, losers. In other yeah. words, yeah, you know, <laughs> but, uh, losers like Brad Dourif. <laughs> I yeah. love him in Deadwood. <laughs> trying to get trying to get people to watch. I'm like, yo, see the new like it's like a Chucky reboot. Everyone's like, uh, yeah. Eh. Yeah. Mm. Like, come on, it's cool. It's like a classic slasher movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, did you guys ever play Wing Commander? Yes, I remember he was in one of those. He, they, there was like live action yeah. cutscenes, and yeah. he he actually that's the first time you kind of see Grizzled's yeah Mark because totally. yep. he's got a like he's got, it's pretty cool actually yeah. yeah yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill rules. I mean, we could go over his uh, voiceover work, but we've mentioned the a bunch of them, and there's so much. I'm watching um, Avatar: yeah. The Last Airbender right now, and apparently he pops up. Yeah, he does. He's a very very significant character. Yeah. So no spoilers. No. Okay. No, uh, I'm like four episodes in. He oh, does. Sweet. He does do. He does pop up as a really significant character. He's like the head firebender, right? That's yeah, the, yeah. But he also pops up as like some fun extras, cool. as like as do the whole cast. Yep. Like, uh, right. like whenever it, it was like that. It's that whole thing that whenever he's on as the Joker in Batman, he's usually two other henchmen oh, yeah. characters. They even did that in the Last Jedi. There's a little green alien in the casino yeah. that he yep. voices. Yep. It's <laughs> and when you notice it, you can't not notice it. It's it's great. Well, and that is a good segue into the episode itself because uh i mean you discovered it this time i think yeah is that he voices lavelle as well as himself um lavelle's he, the instructor the, yeah the the weirdo the trainer grotesquely underused 100 he's hilarious That's he's so good, good. Character. and so my memory going into this was it's very ironic that in the episode itself they have mark hamill in guys and dolls and they're like, just you know, just get out there, Luke. Like, swing your lightsaber around, do your thing. You it's know? a chef telling him And it's him like, that. yeah, it's <laughs> a chef. But it's also like, it, it, it was in my brain like such a waste of his talent. Yeah. And that was my thought of like meta wise of the episode of like you get Mark Hamill and you're just having him voice himself. And I forgot that he, vo- I did know it, but I forgot because I haven't watched it in so long that he voices Lavelle. And actually, that was his whole stipulation for being on the show. He told that they're like, we want you to be on the show. And he's like, okay, I will, but as long as I get to voice a different character than myself. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we'll compromise. You'll voice yourself and a different character. Um, that's fun. Which is great. Yeah. And it's like you said, he the that segment. That's uh, it's a very small segment, unfortunately, but it is very good. He's doing a great performance, and it, again, it just kind of makes me lament this this shift that the show is going into into having celebrities voice themselves over characters because, especially when you get someone like Mark Hamill who can do a great character like this. It's really interesting because yeah, like I know in my limited Simpsons knowledge, sometimes the celebrity cameos feel super awkward because they're not actors. Yep. Like the Rose, the Ramones are not <laughs> like the one line that the guy that I think Johnny yells yeah. is it's bad. It's just, you know, <laughs> And so, yeah, because Mark Hamill is an actual voice actor, 
well, A, when he's doing his, it just sounds more natural. He fits in more with the cast when he's doing Mark Hamill. Yeah. But then he totally disappears into this other role. Yeah. That totally, I could see that dude popping up as another, just one of the recurring Simpsons, Absolutely. you know, be entities. Yep. Right. Yeah. And that'd be a lot of fun. Lavelle. Is that Lavelle. Name? Yeah. I, I missed that. But that's. Yeah. It's based on, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the reference S, but there's a uh, person who is walking with uh, uh, Oswald before he got shot by Jack Ruby. Who was named something Lavelle? And, Oswald, and he, they they made him look like that guy. Yeah, so I don't know because he's a bodyguard. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a that's a that's a smart joke actually. <laughs> I actually I actually like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Someone really liked J- Oliver Stone's JFK. <laughs> must aside have, from you, <laughs> must have liked it as much as I did. I still have never seen it. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Stone is such a uh, hard director for me to get into. It's it's not like of his presidential trilogy that he's made. It's the second most essential. It propagates a lot of kooky do conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's if, the thing. I know the pop culture references yeah, more yeah, than yeah. I know the movie. If itself. you look at it There's as a Seinfeld episode that if makes you look at it as a really well performed crackpot movie, <laughs> and I have to say, some of the best editing I've ever seen. In, okay. a, in a movie it's just it looks gorgeous it's really well performed it's super well edited but it's a crackpot movie <laughs> uh if you look at it that way a lot of fun it's yeah. a lot of fun but it is nowhere near as essential as nixon mm. nixon's a really good good film he just made it too soon after jfk oh yeah that's the yeah. problem oh it was after jfk yeah. yeah for some reason in my mind it was earlier but yeah yeah cool uh well what do we think of uh of hamill as himself in this episode, Hamill as himself is fine. Yeah. Like I think his, I think he gets some fun lines. I think when I first saw this episode, it's because it's one of those episodes of season ten that, like you, this is what I would say, quote unquote, is a classic for me. Yeah. I watched it a lot, and it's because of the Mark Hamill factor. Yeah. He gets a lot of funny lines, but he's not like he's not really overplaying it. He's, I like. The thing about Mark Hamill is he's he can so easily just become too much so fast, which is I think why he's a great voice actor yep. and why his like the thing about that is <laughs> when he runs away from yeah. Homer is actually one of his funnier moments. It's Be- true. They don't they don't really give him too many of those moments. I think is the other thing. Yeah. Right. Like a lot, and that was the other thing is is the like I was saying underutilizing Mark Hamill, but also like overplaying the whole hey it's him from star wars yeah. you know that's just the joke yeah and in my mind a better use of it because you've been you've been pretty good at um at, at picking apart these last two seasons that we've been doing and being like here's a fix yeah what do you think of this one is just make the second act his training yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Just i there. wanted more use, of lavelle, use lavelle. yeah yeah Way yeah, more. yeah. yeah. Just just stay there for a lot longer. You've done it before in Simpson Tide. Yeah. Where most of the second act is just his training, and then the third act is like him being, I don't need to see half of an act mm-hmm. with him as a bodyguard, and then another and then act. Like the third act is basically the- At the, the dinner theater. The rat milk. Well, it's the, it's, it's yeah, the, it's the whole milk, like, yeah. conspiracy of the mob. It turns and, into like, a fucking Cronenberg yeah. movie. It, yeah. Like, <laughs> we, didn't, yeah. We, we didn't need the rat's milk. <laughs> no. Nobody does. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> not Am I healthy. Wrong? No. Like I don't think any of it's funny. No, I don't it's think it's gross. funny. It's gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, even like the when he goes to the school and sees everyone drinking it and stops his kids from drinking it. Like again, it's not 
funny. I did yeah. kind of laugh just... at Bart's ridiculous silly straw. Oh, yeah. That... As the milk slowly. <laughs> <pretty good>. yeah. <laughs> mostly because, maybe because I was uncomfortable laughing. Because <laughs> just the thought of like fermented, you know, Ugh. rat milk from the mob just slowly going up this silly straw to Bart Ugh. Simpson's mouth. Bart Simpson's a shithead, but he doesn't deserve <laughs> that. He deserves much better than that. Oh, so you're not a Bart fan? I love Bart, but he's a shithead. <laughs> sure, 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, a little rascal. But I wouldn't risk... Well, there's a few people I wish rat milk on, but he's not one of them. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Understood. Yeah. Name names. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> George Lucas, George number Lucas. one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... I think that's a that's a great point, Greg, that the the quote-unquote easy fix is to make the whole second act. The training, use Lavelle way more. I think use Mark Hamill as himself more sparingly. Yeah. Like in the first act, yeah, have him show up at the Bymon Sci-Fi Con. That's fine. He should not be in the third. He should not be in the third, um, I think. Mark Hamill, the character. Yes. Mark Hamill, Maybe character. a character yeah. voiced by Mark sure. yeah, yeah, I would love a third. I would love a third. Yeah, if they yeah, did, yeah. like, you're voicing, even, like, scratch maybe, this maybe, whole thing. Maybe, Don't yeah. have him appear as himself in the first act. Every act have a different Mark Hamill character. That's the best way to use Mark Hamill yeah. in a 24-minute episode. You're absolutely right. Straight up, yeah. Like, maybe more of these ancillary characters yeah, around him are all Mark Hamill. Have him be the host of the Biomon Sci-Fi Con. Right? That's like, brilliant. Yeah. have And then he's the one, like, commenting on all the weird shit happening. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's the only he's the only and then ha- actor. Sorry. <laughs> be like uh, like a, a cocky actor in the end, right? So you can still have the exa- basically the same kind of plot where they go see a play and it has this random person as Nathan Detroit, and Tony it's just, Randall. Yeah, and it's <laughs> I don't mean a real person, <laughs> Tom Hulse. <laughs> <laughs> like because you're missing you're missing Troy McClure, right? We don't yeah. have Troy McClure anymore, and uh, and you feel it and. I think don't try and replace him in any way, but like have him fill that same kind of ideal role. That's the thing he could. He could. He could totally. easily fall into that that cocky actor role. I want to. I want to see this episode. Yeah, now. Hamill. Hamill falls into that so easily with uh, and bringing a completely different vibe. Yeah. Than Phil Hartman would absolutely because Phil Hartman. I love his voice. It's not super versatile. No, you you're you're always like that's Phil yeah, Hartman, uh, and I, I you, love it, and I love <laughs> and it's it. It's great. Yeah, Mark Hamill though, when he does go for it, he you're like, is that no? Yeah, when he showed up as Lavelle, yeah. I like same kind of thing. I was like, oh right, like immediately I was like, oh right, he's Lavelle. Is like, I honestly just forgot that character existed. Yeah, um, but because he's underutilized in the episode, but uh, as soon as he started talking, I, like I was like, that's a weird voice. Oh the fuck, that's Mark Hamill, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's so. Great, because I, I was going to say that he's the only one outside of Phil Hartman who actually would stand up with the other voice actors in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And be able to fill that utility role yeah. that he so often does. And he will when you when you get to the later seasons of uh, Airbender. Yeah. Right. And they, yeah, start, yeah, yeah. they start utilizing him more. He's such a good utility player. Mm-hmm. It's wild. They get a lot of you know, like the the first the first kind of like jab of Mark Hamill, Alf, and <laughs> and, and many many others. others. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's great. Mark Hamill's washed up. Star yeah. Wars sucks. Whatever. <laughs> Sweet. But then like that's the joke every time he's in the Luke Rose, exactly. which yeah. is the majority of the episode, and it's like it's fine, it just, but it, it just gets tired after a while. Yeah, yeah. like the the I remember the five minutes we spend with Lavelle. Mm-hmm. You know when he's like sniping a watermelon. Way more than, you know, Mark Hamill, sadly, yeah. doing Guys and Dolls with, like, sh- shitty Weird Al lyrics. It's fun, and it's, and it's, a, it's rife for parody, yeah. the Lavelle stuff. You can go into far more parody with The Bodyguard, the movie, yeah. mm-hmm. which is, guys, 
that movie was huge. It's true. Yep. It's not a very good movie, but it's <laughs> inexplicably massive. Inexplicably, what am I talking about? It's Kevin Costner after Dances with Wolves and Whitney Houston's first movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you talking about? With the soundtrack by Whitney Houston. By Houston's. Whitney Houston. So, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Luke be a Jedi tonight. That's all I care about. Yeah. Have you ever seen Guys and Dolls? No. <laughs> Have you? I think it's another play Hamill is actually in. Um, but Luke be a Jedi tonight is, I think, a funny-ish parody of is that luck be a lady, luck be a lady is that in guys and dolls though? yes okay yes it is because the the opening song which is just them saying guys and guys dolls and dolls to the tune of hooray for hollywood yeah. is not in guys it's and dolls not. <laughs> it's not that's just one a of bunch of guys and dolls, dolls. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and guys now and we dolls. actually get to be in like we, we get to come to 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 a domain that i'm quite familiar with mm. which is the workings of dinner theater oh boy uh. yeah <laughs> So you, you're a Jubilations veteran. Um, stage West. <laughs> stage West. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I because uh, I was on which the... is the Coke to Jubilations Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of stale sushi at Stage West when I was on the Betty Mitchell nom. Or what I what I say, Coke or is it Coke two? <laughs> it's it's Pepsi Max. It's like, it's yeah, Pepsi it's, Max. <laughs> it's not quite Coke. It's a Jubilations it's a little Pepsi. Nowhere is Coke. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So did you? So did you work as a performer for Stage West? I did. Yeah, yeah I did for one for one run of a of a children's show because they did they did this thing called Stage West Kids. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a good name for it. They might if it's for kids. They <laughs> might continue doing that. I hope they do when and if they reopen. Sure. They got bank. Yeah, they're fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I hope they do. Have anyway. you seen Have you seen the price of their season of subscription? Of course, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Fine. They're fine. Fun, <laughs> fun story. I went to because when, when I was here in Calgary of the Betty Mitchells, it's like theater awards, and I was on the nomination committee for it one year. So I went to a Stage West show because they had free tickets, and it was a country music jamboree. Sure, it was like everyone like like a dude pretending to be Garth Brooks playing, singing. I got friends in low places and shit like that, right? And everyone and loves it. Everyone loves it. And yeah. so I went, and I had I had the There's shirt I got from me. I have the shirt I got from uh, like a like a Value Village, like a thrift store that says "Gotta Love That Country Music," <laughs> and it's got like a guitar and a lasso on it. So I was like. This is fitting. I'll wear this shirt. That's fun. So I go in, looking the way I do, and like tat it up and wearing this shirt. And I don't know, like the glares I got from everyone else in that room who they were all like twice my age. Like Joe and I were the, uh, oh, spoiler, that's my wife. Um, <laughs> we're the, by oh, far, the solved the mystery by now. It's yeah, been yeah. revealed. It's been revealed. <laughs> if the episode Q didn't <laughs> reveal it. By far the youngest, but like I got all these, and I, I, I kind of got it because I was like, oh, okay, they think I'm being snotty with this shirt. Okay. I had to go to another like a farce at Stage West. So I actually, I wore my theater going out. Like I wore like a button up and the, you know, like a nice jacket and whatever. Still got glares. So like something about me, Stage West just hates. Like mm. just, I'm just cursed. I'm not allowed in there. You're not, you're not a clean cut f- young boy. Yeah. Or old. Cause or it's old. like a lot of boomers, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a boomer. Yeah. It's a boomer, boomer crowd. I mean, yeah. short story for me is I, uh, I've only seen one Stage West show uh, and it was Avenue Q because our friend Maddie was in it. Oh yeah. Um, but aside from that, I went to the to Stage West once for the Bettys because I was working at a box office or something, so we got free tickets. Whatever. I went to the Bettys. I was like, oh, I'll dress up. I wore a uh, black shirt, black pants, and a red tie. And I don't know if this is the normal attire for the wait staff. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But I arrived. <laughs> 
and all the wait staff were wearing the exact same thing that I was uh. wearing. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, enough people knew who I was that they, like, would just make jokes about it. And, like, you know, I sat at my table and, like, hey, Alan, go get us some more blank. And I'm like, ha, 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 can I please please stop did you get any tips no <laughs> see this is why i wasn't actually doing any waiting this is why i always avoid the vest because sure. the, the vest is vest dangerous is material a, yeah. wardrobe yeah. wise when you're yeah. going to a play or anything because usually the people working the doors or the boxes or whatever usually got vests yeah. this is a situation where you could have worn a vest <laughs> yeah it and it would have been set better part so. yeah the uh the like for me it's dangerous vest is a dangerous one because i got i like i wear the vest and then i wear the jacket over mm. top of it nine times out of ten that jacket's coming off before the end right. of the night yep. and all of a sudden i'm on the wait staff uh -oh. <laughs> yep. yep or they're flicking your key their keys to you and they're yeah like, yeah it's like, don't scratch the car yeah well, that's park how you get free cars park, park it somewhere <laughs> nice and it's like um thanks for hey, the maserati yeah bye <laughs> um so your experience working as a performer in dinner theater. Yeah. Um, I mentioned while we were watching the episode, like, why is the chef telling Mark Hamill what to do? Yeah. Is that normal? Is the chef often also the director or something? Not a direct corollary. Okay. Not a direct corollary, but there is usually someone there who is working both the buffet area <laughs> and the stage area. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Keeping people in line. Okay. And making sure that the actors don't make it look like they've touched the buffet food before the other people get in there. And if it does look like that, they get shit on. Yeah. Are you allowed food if you're performing? Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's that's one of the that's one of the things I'll say. Cool. Benefit. No, really, I, yeah, it's a lot it's a lot of food. Really nice it's benefit. A lot of food. And like yeah, when I when I worked there, we did we did a morning show and an afternoon show. Yeah, yeah. Before the before the the big show would would come on and this was a the kids evening. theater thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we right. were on before the before the evening show, and this was all over Christmas, so all the kids were already out of school, and like they could come at uh, earlier or later in the afternoon, and we um, we were able to have like their their breakfast service, which was a little simpler, uh, and then their uh, dinner service just a little earlier in the in the day see yeah the benefits of free food man i'll, yeah. do, a, I'll do a lot <laughs> yeah. for a hot meal yeah, yeah. i yeah. will too yeah uh let me say the show that i did was fun it was called uh twas the night before christmas mm, nice and it was all about the poem who'd you play i played a little eight-year-old boy Aww. nice <laughs> <laughs> that's cute because if you get rid of the beard you got baby face. I do yeah. have baby yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. You got the you got the cherub cheeks. I remember vividly uh, auditioning for the piece, uh, and it was for it was one of those uh, one of those companies that would audition for their entire season at once. Right. And I was like, I could audition for this, this, and this. And I said to the AD, I know I'm not considered for this eight year old boy role, so I won't even. I won't even bother. And I did my thing. I left, and the next day he calls me. Is like, do you want to play the eight-year-old boy? He's like, you Amazing. don't. You don't fucking tell me yeah. what to cast. <laughs> that was a spike cast. Yeah, you? That was a spike cast. <laughs> <laughs> this little shit came in and said, "I'm not going to be the eight-year-old boy." He's the eight-year-old boy. Market. Yeah. Market, Susan. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Um, yeah, but it, it's not it's not crazy for someone to be going back and forth. So I usually not the actual chef though. Right. That is yeah. kind of nuts. I have a question since you've actually been in one. There's this kind of like universal joke in pop culture that that dinner theater is kind of like lame Bad. or degrading or whatever. Yeah. I actually like I remember when I was graduating 
uh, university with my super useful acting diploma. Sure. My uh, my second year acting teacher, we asked him for any last words of advice, and he was like, "Accept everything. Like, do all right. the work." Except dinner theater. Don't do dinner <laughs> theater. And he was kind of a joke, but like he threw that in there, right? And this episode's super playing into that. You mm-hmm. having been in dinner theater, did you ever like feel that, or were you just glad to be working? Like, do you just... You know what? At the time, I was just glad to be working. Yeah. And I would, I, I probably would, would do it again. The, th- like, that's <laughs> the thing. The thing now is like... I guess you're not Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so. <laughs> the, thing, the thing to me now is like, work is work. Yeah. And if you're going to hire me to be in something, I'll, I'll do it. And I'll 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 do it well, but like I'm I'm bad at going out and like trying to find other other work. A lot of the work that I take is just stuff I've done before. Now, yeah. Um. So if 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 I were to go and and do a dinner theater, I I would not do jubilations. I I would not do like your standard evening dinner theater. It was really fun because I was playing for kids. Yeah, right. I think that's like my understanding because again, I've seen very little dinner theater. But my understanding was, the, and I think the reason why it's kind of looked down upon a lot of the a lot of the what time is, my understanding is it's always this, these weird, like goofy parody rea- like uh, variety shows. Yeah, um, usually musical. You know, whatever. It's difficult to get any any straight play. Yeah, that and you're so gonna like, watch. You know, like the one I went to see, Avenue Q. That like that's a normal Broadway show, and that's why I was happy to go see it. You know, and support a friend, but. Um, I've had friends be in shows like uh, the Big Boom Theory and like shit like where you're like, all oh, right, like <laughs> School yeah. of Rockers, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's just yeah. like it's like these weird like just like off kilter satires, but yeah. not really. But that puts the bo- the butts in the seats exactly. So Grandma's seen, yeah, they're like, oh, I've they've I've, seen I've Big watched Bang Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yeah. I ho- I wonder who's playing Sheldon. It's IP, um, right? It's all this IP. Yeah. I've always I always assumed like as an actor, it'd be weird to be competing with like a, a pot roast for someone's attention, <laughs> right? Like, and you know what it. It, I, I think it would be, but because I was doing it for kids, yeah. mm. and because I was playing a kid, and because Santa was coming out of the chimney at some point in the play, it's pretty exciting. It's very, it's 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 electric. And I assume you're, you're doing this show in like December. This isn't like an August show, right? You're oh, not, this is you're December. Not <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was the night before in Jan- yeah. in January. Uh, this is the this is the time, right? This is where it happens. Yeah. Santa's coming. The year's for a kid. Best year of the, of the of best month. Best year. Best month of the year. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. And like being on that stage because we just put our 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 little stage on the uh, on the stage that was. Uh, already built for the big show later um i was like i do not i would not want to be a part of this like it just goes so late and there's and and like you don't know if people are going to be into it or not like what if what if a bunch of people it, it just doesn't seem worth it to me and i know this because the very first time i ever did dinner dinner theater myself it was to watch guys and dolls oh my god <laughs> it all comes together <laughs> It's like poetry arrives. <laughs> this <funny>. is true. <laughs> I remember the strawberry salad with vinaigrette. Wow. Wow. Do you I, remember the guys and the dolls though? I do, yeah. What is guys and dolls? Guys and dolls is this weird um gangster pas- pastiche musical. Okay. Uh the movie Gene Kelly's in the movie, right? And Marlon Brando. What? <laughs> A couple, yeah. couple slabs of man That's meat right there. Insane. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think and we're Marlon's talking. This is hot brand. Yeah. This if is Gene Kelly's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, is yeah. This is pre Godfather oh, Brando. Wow. Yeah. I think this is like pre, pre uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, Brando? 
Hell yeah. Check out the Cinevals for our review on that film. That's where Nathan marks Brando's career is pre and post yeah. <laughs> Dr. Moreau. That was the first time, no joke, first time I ever saw him in a movie, ever. I mean, he's a lot he's, in that he's movie. He's definitely yeah. in that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether he was, you know, mentally there. <laughs> um, he's weirdly compelling in it, though. I my my memory and I watched it fairly recently. My my memory is he just seemed like a nightmare, and uh, maybe that's because I already knew a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. But um, but I was like more Kilmer, please. Like I yes. really liked Kilmer in that movie. Kilmer was the one who was and, having a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, but anyway. especially when he starts doing a Marlon Brando impression <laughs> near <Incredible>. the end. <laughs> that's Richard Stanley, right? Uh, yeah, I mean. Well, it was this. It was super cut up. Yeah, it's John I haven't seen Heimer the, has. He was origi- Richard Stanley was originally the, cr- yeah. the director, and then it got booted or whatever. Love Richard yeah. Stan- as a horror fan. Love Richard Stanley. Yeah. yeah, he made a movie recently called The Color Out of Space. That yeah, was pretty sick. We, it was. It's one of those it was um, comeback movie. It, yeah, it's his comeback movie, and it's one of those weird cage assance movies. Mm-hmm. That, yes, that might slip by people. Who, cage was very good in it. Yeah, and also like as a Lovecraft fan, it's like it's Lovecraft is so hard to do, but it's ish. It's almost it's in the ballpark right. of the actual story, so that's. I don't know, you just cool. get her in some tombs and she raids them and yeah seems like a good way to do Lovecraft isn't it? And mm-hmm. he steals the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Greg hated that joke. <laughs> his his the mouth contempt? was first. The contempt. <laughs> I could feel it. Just. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so back to guys, guys and dolls. Um, Yes, it is a gangster. Monster, it's a yeah. it's a gangster pastiche of like nineteen twenties prohibition era, right. uh, and it's there's guys, there's guys and dolls, there's and dolls, and it's like, hey, doll, are you you want yeah. me to be your guy or some shit like that? And then they start singing about uh, luck be a lady tonight, and there's a lot about dice rolling, right, um, right. and and gambling and drinking and you know fucking around. Uh, it's a very nothing musical, mm-hmm. but the clothes are fun. Yeah, you know. A lot of those, a lot of those, because I'm assuming this came out in like what, probably the 50s, 60s. I know that's when the movie came out. Yeah, yeah it's 65. Yeah, and I mean a lot of those big Hollywood musicals are fluff. It's just total fluff. Yeah, right. It's just it's fun. You're just there to see the the costumes and the listen to some songs, some songs, see some dance, yeah. look at Gene Kelly, right? Look at Brando, look at Brando, maybe Fred Astaire's in there. Yeah, yeah. We're having a good time. Everybody's having a good time, mm-hmm. and. You know what? I can't really fault it for that. Um, I really like that they take the piss out of it so much. But then again, I feel like the third act of this episode is so so much like some uh, the other third acts. It's like there's the there's the wrapping up of the rat's milk thing. And we go. And there's we a s- climax. Like when like when when Quimby busts Fat Tony. That's like it, the that's the climax. Yeah, I felt yeah. like the episode was ending, and then yeah. and Homer's like, "Yeah, I really like stood up for." My, and then there's another ten minutes of, and then the minute he goes to Quimby's mansion to go pick him up, that's when it felt weird for me. That's yeah. when the shift in the episode felt, and then because they have this oh. whole set piece that doesn't really feel like it's part of anything. Yeah, I'm gonna take you to a place that's gonna make you forget all about gangsters, guys, and dolls. Cool. That's a funny funny bit. <laughs> Starring Mark Hamill as Nathan Detroit. The yeah. entree is pepper steak. pepper steak. Yeah, I mean that sounds great. Sounds fine. Pepper steak. Yeah, I pepper steak sounds great. <laughs> you kidding me? I haven't had steak in two years. <laughs> really? What? Oh, it's because the thing. Because the thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> I have a traumatic event with yeah. steak. That's more than fair. I spent Christmas Whoa. in a hospital. 
Interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know this. I'm sure I told you this. No, you haven't. Well, yeah, I'll tell you offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to rehash it here. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I like steak, but I just don't know if I can eat it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about the Baimon Sci-Fi Con. Okay, let's reverse. Let's go to the Baimon Sci-Fi Con, which is interesting because they're making fun of this thing that is insanely ubiquitous for marketing nowadays. And as soon as people are allowed to get back in a room together, guess what's coming back? It's Expo. They Expo. still have officially canceled Expo this year. Really? Yeah, it's still apparently it's happening. April, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so like they two gotta months. figure that out soon. <laughs> yeah. I still One haven't month. postponed my wedding, but uh, we're in March, yeah, my dude. Well. <laughs> it might be an insurance thing. Like they might be yeah. waiting for it because you know if it's like a an event that they can't. Sled Island did this, where like once the government announced it, then the, then they'll save a lot of their funding through insurance because right, it was right. out of, they didn't pull the plug themselves. They were forced to. I, I don't know. I maybe. also would like to just reiterate for any of our non-Calgary listeners, uh, Nathan said Sled Island. Sled Island. It's a music festival, <laughs> not Slut Island. That's just every time it's uh, it's it's so hard not to hear that. That's the week after. That's the week after. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of rat it's milk called involved. Stampede. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, these these like nineties uh, these like nineties uh, it's so interesting because being a nerd is is cool now right yeah. it, I, believe it or not well, there was a there was a point in time where having like a Spider Man T shirt would get your ass like flushed down a toilet right yeah. like it was and so and yeah this is what ninety eight yeah. yeah. so yeah like you know Spider Man well, hasn't happened thing, yet like, like I feel like this episode and a lot of pop culture in this era. Um, is still in that mindset of like nerds suck, like yeah. you know people who like nerdy things suck. But the the hard thing to rectify, especially with this episode, um, is all the writers are nerds. Yeah, yeah. Like they love this shit. Yeah, and they're so they're trying to kind of like do both. You know, they're trying to like put all this stuff like they There's get some... they get the fucking guy I can't remember his name right now, but like the guy who did the robot from Lost in Space. That's the actual voice actor. Who did the robot in Lost in Space? They got him in the booth and did a couple lines for the cameo of the robot in this episode. There's some they wild. love that shit. There's some legit ner- like I mean they mentioned Cylons, yeah. right? Yeah, the BSG reboot hadn't come out yet, so Cylons were still just a one-off from the shitty Star Wars. There's Tom Baker's Doctor Who. Like there's yeah. so we'll I'll dive we'll dive all into it in the reference desk because that's the whole first act is basically just all references. But it's just such a weird thing that they're trying to like balance of like putting forth things that they really like, but oh, also making yeah. fun of it. And this is like in a serious dead zone for Doctor Who as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what is the most what is the most recent thing in that line of uh, of references? It's the Lost in Space movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the most relevant <laughs> thing. Yeah. With, uh, with Joey Tremiani in it. <laughs> with Joey and exactly. Gary Oldman yeah. as Dr. Smith and Spider-Smith. I got Academy Award winner William Hurt. That's right. I got a free copy of that movie on DVD with a pizza <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> There was a brief, beautiful. Right. There was a brief, beautiful. It was a double feature with Josie and the Pussycats. It was great. Whoa. Amazing. Hell yeah! Whoa. I know. Great, great night, right? And, so you, and you got, get pizza. Fuck yeah! You got lost in space, and then you turn the disc over. And yeah, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's a masterpiece, right? Absolutely. One of those movies is a brilliant deconstruction of the '90s music industry, and the other one is Lost in Space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like you. The other one has Spider Smith in it. <laughs> Spider Smith. It's he's, one of my favorite things. He's ca- he's and like he's credited twice. Yeah. Gary Oldman is credited as Doctor Smith and Spider Smith. Incredible. Like yeah. it's not even. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, there was a brief, beautiful period where you'd order from this pizza chain up here called P seventy three, and you get 
some random movie disc that usually had like I do one of these. That. Yeah, because then they they pivoted away from the DVDs and then started doing the like Cineplex coupons. Coupons. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hacks. <laughs> Bring back the movies. I want co- I want a copy of Pizza Seventy Three. I want to get a donair and get a copy of Uncut Gems with it. Okay. That'd be. I like, mean, that'd be great. A copy of a Netflix original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want yeah. that on DVD? Hell yeah. I mean, I do. <laughs> I want to own it. I want the Criterion. When when Oops. the great streaming wars happen, who mm-hmm. knows what will that's be true. Re- what will remain? That's so true. Uh, uncut gems, I'd like a physical copy of because it's a great movie. So can I tell you a little story since we're talking about um, physical media now? <laughs> sure. And we're nerding out. This is still relevant. It's the Bymon Sci-Fi. Yeah, we're at the Bymon Sci-Fi Con. So, which we'd all go to. We were oh, all, we were all in Springfield. 100%. Yeah, I would go. I would go. It's, there's like a ninety percent chance that it breaks out into a riot, and I'd love to see that. Oh yeah, and it does. <laughs> what I was doing for the past couple of weeks was looking online for Frank Oz's The Little Shop of Horrors. You I cannot it. find yes. it. You cannot find it. I borrowed Alan's copy because yeah. I had never seen it. Yeah. You cannot find it on uh, on digital media anywhere hmm. in this country. Wow. That's a shame. Anywhere. That's what it's, I went through with Acura. Yeah. When I was watching, you can't find any legal way to watch Acura right. unless yeah. you buy the Blu-ray or whatever. So I went out looking for physical media. I went on Amazon. The, the closest thing I could find was like a $30 DVD. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay $30 for this. <laughs> but the Electronic Bay, my friends. Mm, eBay. eBay. <laughs> eBay was selling it for four dollars. Wow. Four dollars plus three Canadian dollars shipping. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm paying. So it's that. in the mail, right? Nope. Oh. It's, oh no. This is a heartbreaking story. It's in my DVD player right oh, now. Oh, you already got oh, okay, yes. okay. And I watched it <laughs> and it was awesome. And it has a Frank Oz commentary that I'm Hell very yeah. looking forward to. I love that. Alan and I always talk about this. There is some like I like having a movie like I'm in the era I'm at the point now where whenever I watch something I usually watch it digitally like I usually rip it yep. or stream it or whatever but if I love that thing I want to own it because yes. I want to always have access to I it I want to know for sure if I ever want to watch it I'll be able to totally not, you know checking just, Netflix one day and, oh it's gone again yeah, yeah. I just because I love streaming and you know I, I it's very helpful for I, a lot of you know convenient. reasons <laughs> totally but yeah like this I mean I just watched um this anime called Cowboy Bebop, which mm-hmm. like instantly became one of my favorite things ever. So I was like, I need to own this because I like, just I can't. I, like it, one day the rights will expire and then it won't be available online. And then what the fuck am I gonna do? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I have a kid and I'm like, watch this thirty year old anime. It's great. Right? Yeah. Like, what am I gonna do? So, yeah, there is like, we're kind of going backwards in that way. Same thing with like record collecting, like mm-hmm. as, as a music yep. guy, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's nice to have those. And yeah, Little Shop of Horrors, like that's a. Artifact. Does it, did it have the cardboard cover like You're, Alan's? Yep, Hell it's the yeah. exact same copy. I kind of sure. love I those. Yeah. I miss the cardboard DVD uh, cases. Clam, clamshell. The yeah. Clamshell. See, yeah. those ones are the ones that I would usually toss. Like oh, yeah. if I was to right. put them in. You your, have a big like, binder, binder, right? Yeah. Right? If I was, I, I have a, I have an awesome binder um, that I have completely indexed, and I have keywords and stuff, and I have it on a Google Doc so that you can search keywords if you're looking for things. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're still in the Biomon <laughs> Sci-Fi yeah, Con. Yeah, yeah. And you'd have a booth. <laughs> yeah, I could have a booth, yeah. and that was just for me to get like to to clear off my my DVD collection of like movies that I don't think have very nice box boxes. Sure. Yeah, totally. But I love keeping my special editions on display. Yeah, I think it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. You know what I'm missing though? What? Something that is just absolutely tragic is I am missing a really nice trilogy 
of the Lord of the Rings. I'm oh, missing dude. a really nice box set. I picked up of like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like the one I have? Yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, <laughs> "That's the one that yeah. I want," because I it's bet a, it's, it's widescreen. It's yeah, and it's the theatricals, and it's the th- which, oh. which is you know what I watch. I yeah. mean, I'm happy to watch the extended, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. if I'm ever like I want to do a marathon, or even just last year, I just did. I watch all of them in you know one month, and then the next month I watch you know blah blah. blah. Yeah. Theatricals are always what I go to because I I think they're perfect. I think they're perfect films. Um, there are not too many endings. There's the right amount of endings. Yep. Uh, fuck that take. It's just how many <laughs> you need if you're gonna wrap everything up in yeah. a satisfying and an emotional way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I picked up like a, I have a Blu-ray copy of the extended Lord of the Rings films. Sure. I picked up for like fifty bucks at Best Buy, like nice six or seven years ago. And it's great. It's like gold. It looks really handsome. But the funny thing about it is, when you throw it in my player, there's a bunch of trailers for whatever forgettable movies were coming out right. by New Line that yeah. year, like two thousand seven <laughs> or eight. Yeah. Whenever. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah so yeah. every time I go, because my wife and I, we watch. We watch all the extended ones throughout December, like every December. Yeah, it's like Christmas a, tradition. Yeah, it's a Christmas yeah. thing we do. And yeah, it's like every time I pop in Fellowship, I got to pop through every single, like I think the Equalizer's in there <laughs> and like Jumper and whatever, just all these whatever like... Jumper would be... Uh, Equalizer's quite a bit later, I believe. Okay. I think well, it's like yeah, 2012. But you know, e- the, Jumper, as soon as you said Jumper, I'm like, that's such a yeah. 2007 movie. Maybe you know, the, Deja Vu, that was a... <laughs> that might be the Denzel yeah. Washington movie. Or uh, that, that, that one where uh, Jimmy Fallon's playing like a taxi, taxi. driver. Taxi. Taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> It's right there in the title. Tax, yeah. Him and Queen Latifah yeah. together at last. Who is the new equalizer? <laughs> Queen Latifah. Incredible. Did you know that? Did not know that. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Wow. Premiered after the Super Bowl. What? It's a television program now. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> or should I, I say it's a television program again? Uh, I didn't plan oh, that. Because it started. Did it start as a, as TV a television show? program? I only saw the first movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Had no desire to see the second one. Well, I mean. Um, First time Denzel ever did a sequel, too. Yeah. Which is weird. It weird is. that that's his choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he likes Antoine Fuqua. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. So, where are we now? We're at the Bymon Sci-Fi Con. I guess all I really wanted to say is, like, it's it, it still feels disingenuous when, even in the late 90s, um, writers of a show like this would be like, look at these fucking nerds. Like... And I know, like the the idea is Homer is quote unquote the everyman, so it like makes sense that he would be the main like antagonist to the nerds. He he's the one who's like nerds and like p- kicks them and stuff. Um, but it's still just like yeah, it just it just kind of rubs me the wrong way because I'm like you're you're all big nerds, like just mm-hmm. embrace it, you know. And it's it's the beginning of for me the late '90s, early 2000s cynicism that really pervades a lot of pop culture in those in oh, that it's era. It's so dated too. Yeah. To watch it now, right? Because yeah. like I said, yeah, now it's like cool. Now, now it's cool. It's like, yeah. Everyone's now it's, stoked to see, yep. everyone's stoked to see Spider Man three and you know, like that would be Abrams that, Abrams revival of Star Trek made that like a cool thing again. Yeah. For or yeah, for the first I'd say time. That maybe. And, like <laughs> that that and Iron Man. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, now you can just be in you know, like I Man, I, when I was in grade seven, I had a really dope Darth Vader costume that I wore to school. Nice. And it was a big deal because it had a full helmet. It didn't have just the little half helmet in the front. Yep. And, like, I got called Darth uh, a certain slur for oh homosexual boy. people. That starts with F. Like, constantly by my classmates. And that was that was 2004, five. Like, it's, you know. Yeah, like, like it was, still seems way too, yeah. 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 So yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's so weird to Man, I Man, rem- like, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was huge. I, I really liked Mortal Kombat. 
the movies mm. or the games? No, the games specifically oh, yeah. at the mm-hmm. time. I went, I went to see the movies in theaters. And I loved them both. <laughs> and now I watch the second one. I'm like, oh, that's a very bad movie. Oh, but at the time, I was like, yay. You. Are they rebooting <laughs> that? They are, and it looks fucking great. But anyway, um, but I, I just remember very specifically, like, you know, uh, not to dive too deep into a whole bunch of bullying shit, but the, the main, like, bullying, like, negative thing that happened to me is I was at the bus stop with my brother, my little brother. Uh, you know, I was maybe 10. He was maybe seven. Like, we were little kids. And we were playing Mortal Kombat, you know? Like, yep. we were, sh- like, shooting Mortal Kombat things at each other. And it was fun. We were having fun. And then, like, that day at school, at recess, like... Because uh, this one like older kid was also at the bus stop, and I had paid no attention to him because like I don't know this guy, whatever. But he like saw that happen, and then like told all his friends. And so at recess that day, like they all just like started like go- like saying "Hey, Scorpion" and like shit like that to me, and like and it wasn't even like clever, <laughs> you know. It yeah. wasn't even like uh, interesting. It was just just making fun of me enjoying something, and that was my first exposure to being bullied. And there was many more after that, but. Just that concept, like, never even crossed my mind. It was like, you know, it was one of those, like, the day the innocence died yeah. for my brain, you know? And those where, kids are going home watching The Simpsons. Yeah. Where, where that's the joke of this whole <laughs> yeah, episode, exactly. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that kind of thing just bugs me um, in uh, these kind of shows where I know, like, you all love this shit. Why are you making fun of it? Mm-hmm. Just, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Optimism's cool. Optimism's great. Liking things is great. Yeah. Everyone like things. Just have fun. I don't know. Five stars. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I think I'm going to bring it back. I like it. I, I love, uh, yeah, I love being, I remember even uh, in terms of movie criticism uh, as as friends, you know, like when, when I first started getting into that, whatever that might mean, uh, it was my instinct to be very cynical and very you know, negative with even things I liked. Like, well, here, I really liked it, but here's the problem. Only you know, four stars. You know, you and know now I I'm think, like... I, I think James was one of the only... Like, I think James might have been the only one of us that 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 actively eschewed that, in a way. You know, yeah, maybe. I think I think in a lot of ways, because I, I definitely was yeah. quite cynical. And um, if James, if we ever find him, um, might He's not, lost in space. Yeah. <laughs> He's hanging with Spider Smith somewhere. Yeah. He might he might disagree with this, but I always found him to be a, like a slightly more on the uh, on like uh, to the side of light. I found you were a little bit more moderate. Fair. It's like compared. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, we're talking comparison to me in <laughs> university. In university, <laughs> yeah, I was sure. a shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I always just say, like, why would you? You know, if you in like something and it's not actively hateful and regressive and whatever, great. Like, why would you shit on someone for yeah. liking something? Like, yeah. this world's hard. I'm glad you enjoy... I, you know, I super, super... I was talking to Alan about this the other day. I'm, su- I'm super not into, like, Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's rad that everyone's super stoked for them. Like, it's awesome. Like, that's sick. Like, there's nothing wrong with the movies. You know, they're not, like, hateful things. They're just fun... They're just not my. They're trash. They're just not my trash. My yeah. trash is yeah. my trash is Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> no, but like, you know, like yeah. you like a thing that's great. Yeah. Like, it, like it. That's cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I and there are people who've built entire like empires on YouTube and stuff of just just well, spewing vitriol and, and that's all and over this stupid pop culture shit. And right? that's kind of like where my thought was going too. Is like this this current age of criticism, especially I think the last year has done it has exempt like shot it to the moon because everyone's at home and looking for things to do and so movies and tv and let's talk about it and let's dive deep and that kind of thing um and i do feel a lot of that 
in YouTube shit and in on Letterboxd and like all this stuff where it's just this instinct of people to to be very very cynical and very like dismissive. Just yeah, dismissive yeah. or just like, oh, I can't believe people like like that's that's another thing that bugs me is when people like see the the overall view of a of a piece of pop culture uh through everyone else's eyes first. So like if someone's like, hey, I'm really enjoying WandaVision. Uh, it's really fun, and they're like, "Oh, let's look it up." And they see, "Oh, a lot of people are talking about Wandavision. It must be really good." And then they watch it, and they don't enjoy it. They're like, "I can't believe people like this," you know. Instead of yeah. saying, "I don't, I didn't enjoy it," it's, "I can't believe other people do," you know. Like this, this view of seeing culture through other people, like the the majority of people's eyes versus your own, and it's like such an instinct for uh, the term "overrated" is one of my least favorite terms yeah. uh, for that very reason because it just it implies that the rating that other people give it is incorrect, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, no, like you, you don't need to use that word. You can say it didn't work for me and that's totally valid. Mm-hmm. But to say it's overrated implies everyone else is wrong. I'm right. And I hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it also ignores whatever like historical context. Yeah. That absolutely. The thing came out with, right? Like yeah. there's that, um, you guys know TV tropes. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. You yeah. know, the Seinfeld isn't a funny thing. <laughs> sure. Seinfeld is unfunny, I think it's called. It's basically yeah. just like, yeah, like like a lot of people don't think Seinfeld's funny because mm-hmm. they've seen so many sitcoms that were so influenced by Seinfeld. It's, yeah, yeah. its impact has been lost, right? So it's, yeah, people go, oh, Seinfeld's overrated. It's like, no, like when you place it in the context of when it came out, like it belongs to a very specific point yeah. in time. And uh, it was mind-blowing back then, right? <laughs> like it's just like, yeah, whatever, right? Like there's so much you could apply that to. Yeah. You could I, argue that for a lot of the golden years of, of this show. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, right? Like, yeah, it, the whole, uh, I mean, sitcoms in general, but also just, like, the wave of, like, adult-oriented, you know, there's no Rick and Morty without mm-hmm. Simpsons, right? Yeah, and, like, yeah, like, how do you how do you explain that to someone who's just being an asshole like that, who's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, Simpsons is overrated, I don't know, it's not that funny. <laughs> They're just, uh. cool. <laughs> Speaking of, um, wh- and it's okay to like this episode, um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> It is moments. Just overall, yeah. Overall, it it's not great, but yeah, there's definitely things that I enjoy, and it's it's still I think it's still one I would I would revisit here and there. Again, the Mark Hamill thing is just kind of a special thing for me. So the yeah, Lavelle if, sequence alone, yeah, is great. If if you're going through season ten, I would say don't skip it. Yeah, because well, you know, who knows if it gets better from here. There's definitely some uh, little sprinklings of jerkass Homer. Which uh, I obviously don't enjoy uh, when he. Uh, Maggie's puts, gone. Well, well, I that's a very funny one, that and funny. and that's like that's a rare jerk, like quote unquote jerk ass Homer that works for me, and only because of like it's kind of a running gag that he doesn't care about Maggie, but actually does. Yeah, you know, and we've we've talked about it a lot. Do but it for her. Yeah, but yeah. it's like uh, you know the <laughs> the fact that he nerve pinches his whole family yeah that doesn't work that does not work several times yeah he's like he, he nerve pinches his children that's abuse um <laughs> that felt like a bad the fact that they kept doing that it felt like when you're watching improv and the, their oh, bit yeah. just doesn't work yeah but they keep doing it yeah because you can tell the performers going no this is funny you just don't get it yeah and it's like it's no. a it's a running gag now we have to it's, yeah. like, it's just not funny <laughs> well there's a there's a there's a there's a particular there's a particular brand of improv that that, that works in that that sort of thing I think does work in. It doesn't work ever in a written show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it's like this is writing. Yeah. Don't do it. Whereas in an improv show if like a bit doesn't work and then and then someone does it again, 
uh, yeah, a, it, can, a, it can come back around in terms of like the the actors kind of all recognize, yeah. yeah, like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a bad joke. Yeah. I'm doing it again to to highlight that we all know yeah. it was bad. Yeah, and then the third time they do it, like people, uh, like another person should do it, right? And <laughs> and then the actor who they're doing it to is like, really? And <laughs> all of a sudden, we're having a good time again. Yeah, right. Uh, because that's good improv. Yeah, because like- <laughs> nothing doesn't work in improv. No, unless it's a bad troupe, which happens a lot. Um, <laughs> but like a bad joke in improv can so easily come back around and be a gift. If you're reactive end. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas if it's written, <laughs> like Simpsons, yeah, if it's so written, because Simpsons is so written and it's lovely for that, you're you're toast. You're mm-hmm. just toast because you should have uh, you should have caught that in in like the first animate when you got the first first draft back from South Korea. It reminds me of um, when you're watching like SNL, right? And yeah. like they write SNL every week, so. Yeah. There's shit that works and there's shit that doesn't. Oh, yeah. Right? But it's like, because Simpsons was a, a weekly thing, right? So it's like, you wonder how many of these gags. Just got to throw something in. Just throw it at the wall. See what sticks. And if it doesn't, well, we're already working on the next one. So <laughs> yeah. whatever. It's it's in there now. Homer nerf pinches everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a later episode where he literally like shoots a blow dart of drugs into his wife's neck. Good Lord. And okay. that's how the episode ends. <laughs> Yikes. I'm just saying, that's like, that's like this whole season in general has those like seeds yeah. starting, you know yeah of like yeah, those yeah. kind of things being more prevalent and and feeling less funny and less uh appropriate yeah um i also like really noticed this time around the they're starting to lean into the the postmodern like uh commentaries on their show itself um specifically the two moments i'm thinking of uh one that actually worked really well for me and one that didn't it's the when they're watching the commercial for Bimon sci-fi con and it's like, well, beats work. Well, beats cool. Yeah. And then smash cut to them there. It's great. Like, it's I think quick. that's really funny. But yeah, that's yeah. that. It's definitely them commenting on why are the Simpsons going to this place? Uh, who cares? You know, like that's what they're. That's what the joke is. Yeah. Um. And then the other part is at the end of I think the first act. Right. Yeah. Uh. When it's like you're gonna be uh, my bodyguard, and he goes woohoo, and it's like, but Homer, I said woohoo, yeah. and that's like that same kind of thing where it's like, why would Homer do this thing? Yeah, it doesn't who, matter. Who cares? Yeah, doesn't matter. He's doing it. It's like okay, so why the first act then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like uh, again, the writers just start to become lazy. They're they're just resting on their laurels and they're you know just riding that coast that that high of Simpsons is the biggest show on the in the world right now, and they're just like you know yeah we can write shit like this and joke about it and everyone will be on board because they've been on this journey with us and it's like yeah but if you put a little effort in we'd be even more on board yeah <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. This is um this is kind of a lazy episode. Yeah. It's kind of a river ride and it doesn't really matter. Nothing nothing in it really does. And it's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. It it feels hella disjointed. Like I was yep. like I don't know. It, it's like three different plots, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of Simpsons does that, but yep. like it's just it it just doesn't come together really. Like it's just, you know, it's just weird and which there's no this whole conversation has been quite disjointed. <laughs> yeah. And a yeah. little bit. So almost like we purposefully did this yeah. as a commentary on the episode itself. We mirrored it. Exactly right. Now let's go to the reference desk. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> reference desk. So we have, the title is a reference to Married to the Mob. Did you ever see that? The Jonathan Demi movie? Yeah. I didn't. I've seen it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. it sounds fun. <laughs> um... Speaking of Alec Baldwin, um, oh yeah, I mean 
three episodes ago. Whatever. Anyway, uh, Titanic. Mm-hmm. Right, at the, right at the top there. Roger, Roger Corman's, Corman's <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> the thousand dollar movie. I love those. What was the? It was such a weird joke. Where she's like, now I can take my top off. Do you remember well, exactly what? Because Roger like, Roger Corman was like borderline grindhouse schlock. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of a lot of the appeal of those movies was like the was tits, nudity, the tits okay. in the yeah. ass, and the you know, like it was. That's kind of what I gathered. I was more thinking like, yeah. what specifically did she say again? She's like, now that we're free of that boat, I can take this bikini off. Yeah, and I'm Something assuming like, ninety eight, yeah. the marketing train for Titanic is probably oh, huge, yeah. or it's in theaters. It's 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 in theaters. It's been yeah. it's been uh, taken down by Lost in Space, as we like to reference a lot. Yeah. Um, and that ties in with what we were talking about earlier, because so, yeah, uh, it was number one at the box office from '97 to summer '98, and then the first film that stopped it from being number one was Lost in Space. So, the movie's called Roger Corman's Titanic. Yeah. The episode's called Married to the Mob. Yeah. Which is a reference to Married to the Mob, which yeah. is directed by Jonathan Demme, <laughs> who started out working for Roger Corman on low budget Roger Corman movies, and the woman's name in the boat is Clarice. That's true. It's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> Every stanza rhymes with the last. It's all, it's all a, a little Time's a flat melange circle. of references. A spice melange. <laughs> Continue, please. Uh, Jaws is a uh, kind of reference with the way Titanic boat uh, opens its jaws. <laughs> sure. Um, you got Alf, of course. Remember up. Alf? Remember Alf? Yep. He's back in Bimon Sci-Fi Con form. He eats right. cats. Uh, he does eat cats. He's from Melmac. His real name is Gordon Shumway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite trivia facts. I, Shumway? I've, Gordon he Shumway. Like my fucking accountant. I know. It's I. <laughs> For the longest time, I was like, yeah, his name's Alf, like, obviously. Yeah, and then, and, yeah, and then one day, I don't remember when or how, but I was, I've learned that fact, and it's never left my brain. That's really his great. real name is Amazing. Gordon Shumway. That's really great. Um, uh, Star Wars. Of course. Referenced quite yeah. a bit. You guys yeah. seen that movie? Uh, you you guys it? seen it? Star Wars? I've heard cool. it's good. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. We had yes. the, the Cylons uh, pop up versus... Oh, that was the other thing. The gay robots from Star oh, yeah. Wars. Like, what a lazy yeah. and yeah. also, like, dumb joke. That again is this is the seed of the beginning of this late '90s, early 2000s, very homophobic era in pop What's culture. That? You don't like it? Get used to it. But, yeah. But them wrestling is funny. Them wrestling is funny. Yeah. That's why I'm so Could've mad just that cut they to put. That. Yeah. Could have just been Cylons they, versus literally dro- get, androids. But the right? thing is, literally get r- rid of the word "gay." Straight up. Right. The robots from Star Wars already vastly superior joke. <laughs> and then they fight. And then they fight. Don't change anything else. Um, we have Star Trek referenced quite a bit in the mm-hmm. uh, with costumes, etc. Uh, Day of the Earth stood still. You have Gort there. Um, Doctor Who, Tom Baker specifically. Um, Godzilla is referenced. Uh, again, most of this is just like rapid fire shit happening at this at the Sci Fi Con. Uh, Neil Armstrong, the man who actually walked on the moon. No one gives a shit. Uh, uh, was it Uter? Someone's wearing a Futurama shirt. Um, which again, we've seen a bunch of this. Because this is the era when Futurama is about to air, and so they sounded like, almost tired. Like we were watching it, and you're just like, ah, Futurama. <laughs> you just point. <laughs> well, it's just like because it's it been was around. Yeah, da- yeah, David David X Cohen is is in the in the works of uh, putting that together, and it's a very clear offshoot of Simpsons. Anyway, um, and they're trying to <laughs> pimp it out as much as they can. Uh, Lost in Space referenced. Roswell is referenced. Land of the Lost. Barbarella. Wonder Woman. <sighs> And then uh, Revenge of the Nerds, specifically when Homer screams nerds. Also a very bad movie. I don't know if mm. you've seen that. Yeah, no, I know. 
the rape movie. Yep. The uh, rape movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the bodyguard, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, several times, and then uh, yeah, Jim Lavelle was his name. The guy that was accompanying uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald when he got shot by Jack Ruby. Great uh, so, job. And Lavelle. also Lavelle in the in this episode uh, has I can't remember the exact reference. Someone to a grassy knoll though. There's something about a grassy knoll. Oh, he's on the grassy knoll. That's where he's taking the shot at right. the uh, yeah. watermelon. At the yep. watermelon. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this whole bit is so much better now yeah. that yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Weekend at Bernie's, uh, Homer references that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Guys and Dolls. Oh, yeah, 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 Guys and Dolls. Um, you have, uh, uh, was it Ned? He's like, this is be- I hope this is better than Othello, Othello. with Peter Marshall. Yep, that Do you know who me. Peter Marshall is? A white guy, I assume? He is. Yeah. Uh, he was the original host of Hollywood Squares. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So he was a game show host primarily. Yeah, okay. Um, hooray for Hollywood. Yep. Na, 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 Hollywood. Hollywood. That's what the Guys and Dolls theme is too. Uh, and then Luck Be a Lady, lady Tonight. Um, uh, tie in with Guys and Dolls, the movie. Um, and I assume the Broadway musical. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then Rent slash Stomp, both referenced. Also Broadway shows. Some that, piece of crap. Yeah, There's a third one. Well, he says or clomp, which clomp. I believe was made up. <laughs> I don't. Someone maybe don't, can correct me. Don't tell the bronies that. No. <laughs> You're right. Uh, that's all I all I found. I don't know if you guys noticed any others, and if you did, I don't care. All right, favorite <laughs> joke time. Sorry, we've been going long. We yeah. gotta we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, favorite joke, Nate. Did you have a favorite joke? Um, I had two. One is when the compa guy's flirting with the girl, and she's like. Pull this sweet popcorn out of your beard and we'll talk. And he's like, don't try and change me. <laughs> yeah. just immediately. That was funny. Yeah. And yeah. then, honestly, the one Flanders line, I don't know why, but just imagining Othello <laughs> starring this rich white game host killed me. And I just love Flanders. He's one of my yeah. favorite Simpsons characters. So Nice. Even just he pops up and it's just, yeah. mwah. <laughs> mwah. Uh, I really liked uh, Forget Maggie, She's Gone. I have Maggie. <laughs> I think that's very funny. Um because I think that works well for Homer, but I think my favorite was actually uh, either Joey or Legs. I can't remember which one. When he's leaving Fat Tony, and he's like, he comes back. You're not mad at me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's very cute. I like when they like have like I don't know like Humanizing interesting moments. yeah interesting yeah. relationships with the mafia yeah. characters especially especially yeah um, yeah yeah this was tough for me yeah. I, I didn't I, I didn't find this episode particularly funny this yeah there wasn't time a lot of laugh out louds for all of us yeah I would say, as we were watching it yeah so quick chuckles yeah yeah it was it was it was tough so <laughs> I'll just oh god um uh pepper steak <laughs> uh, that's my name that's my headshot up there next to the pepper steak <laughs> I think that's a funny line Hmm? Yeah. Sorry guys. I I didn't it's have fine. much I didn't have yeah. much for this one. Um I do have an MVP though. Mm. Um it's Mark Hamill. Yeah, mine yeah. too. Yeah. Mine, mine, mine as well. <laughs> I think it's just so cool. He's the celebrity guest, but he's voicing this totally unrelated, you know. It makes me think yeah. of an alternate reality where he is just in this in the Simpsons roster yeah. of like yeah. actors playing five well, million characters. And you know, I kind of touched on it earlier, but that is for me the mark of uh the good episodes in the golden years is when they use celebrity voices as characters, not yeah. as themselves. And it is, yeah. you know, it works sometimes when they voice themselves, when it, especially when it's like weirdo celebrities that kids won't know, like Ernest Borgnine, like he fucking rules as himself it's really in funny. that episode. But otherwise it's like, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're showing up as yourself, there better be a damn good reason for it. And they don't find those damn good reasons in these later episodes. Not usually. Um, you know, cause I love Homer at the bat 
and it's a whole bunch of baseball players voicing themselves. And I'm like, yeah, great use of them because they all suck, and it makes it even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's all we got. That's all we got. Um, next time. Next time. Is Viva Ned Flanders. Yep. So With a very special guest. With a very special guest, <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can get him. Yeah, hopefully we can schedules work out. Um, but uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod. You can email us at thehammockdistrictonthird at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can subscribe to our Patreon. Two bucks a month gets you all our bonus content, including our most recent drop, which is two zombie episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jaws Wired Shut and Home R. Yeah. Two episodes about Homer changing in some way. Both better than I thought they were. Yeah, that's fair. Still not put it. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of your theme with season 10, isn't it? Yeah. 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 In general, uh, anything post season nine, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, thank you to Nathan for joining us. Thanks for having uh, me. Would you like to plug anything else aside from your podcast, which you can plug again, of course? Yeah. So yeah, Sci-Fi Punks. If you just look that up in Spotify or whatever, it's there. I'm also I'm in a band called Brain Bent. If you look us up on Instagram or Spotify or Band Bandcamp, please buy our music. <laughs> but um, it's like a kind of a new AV thing. I call it Evil Devo. That's how I, yeah. how I describe it. So yeah, and that's. That's what I do mostly right now. <laughs> cool. That's rad. Um, I, that's it for me. Okay. Well, <laughs> do you have anything to plug, Greg? You know what? This friendship. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good friendship. All right. <laughs> Take us out. Let's let's continue it. Okay. Shall we? Agreed. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep watching the skis. Uh-huh.